0: Color.
1: Yes. Remember when we talked about that Tron movie?
2: Yes. Just last week if I recall correctly.
1: Was that or the week before? Well, yeah, you're right.
2: It was probably the week before.
1: (laughs) Apparently it's got a
0: director. Does it? Garth Davis? Is that what I'm hearing correctly? Yeah, and so I don't. I was just trying to look up what he's done,
1: and he did Lion. I know. Uh, know Yes,
2: that guy. I never watched Lion, but it got a bunch of awards when it came out, did it not? Yes. Yeah. So it got like some Oscar stuff. I want to say. And yeah, I think it won a lot of Oscars, but doesn't look like he's really done.
1: No, like too much. Too
2: much. No. So I'm a little uh. I'm a little intrigued as to how, and I mean, I guess like lion won a bunch of awards. So maybe that's kind of the, what they're looking at when they hired him. But I mean, this seems like a pretty big deal and a pretty big movie to hand over to someone who it looks like doesn't have a lot of experience.
1: No. And like the other interesting part with this is like, doesn't look like th- this is going to be a sequel to that Tron Legacy movie. Like it looks like it's going to be like a totally different thing.
2: That kind of disappoints me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I kind of was hoping that like it would continue with that uh, that Tron one hit cuz that one was cool as fuck. Yeah, I quite enjoyed that one. And it looks like so Jared Leto looks like he signed on to the project.
2: Wait, to... And... Last time we talked about it, it wasn't confirmed, right? It was just rumors that he's in talks or eyeing it, but now it's official.
1: Well, this article's saying, like, Jared Leto, who signed on to the project in 2017. So, I don't, re- like...
2: Oh, Three uh, years ago, really?
1: Yeah, so, and I wonder if that was the case of, like uh, like, some of the stuff we were looking at was, like, everyone just kind of forgot that Jared Leto had signed on to Tron thing a couple of years ago because, like, nowhere's, like, it's not going anywhere. And then apparently it seems to be picking up steam again. Hmm. Yeah, so... This is really interesting because, like, I... I don't know what the fuck they're doing with this franchise. (laughs) Yeah, I, I... I'm curious. Like... And maybe, like, not doing a direct sequel to Tron Legacy is the right move because, like, by all accounts, that movie did not do well. Even though, like, I think it's got some critical, like, not critical, uh, but, like, kind of cult classic love to it.
2: I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a great movie. Like, yeah, Daft too. Punk did an amazing job with the soundtrack. I thought Olivia yeah. Wilde was phenomenal in it. And I love yeah. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I quite enjoyed that one, but... So I wonder how they're going to do it because I mean even the Tron Legacy was it was it was technically like a sequel to the original Tron. Yeah. Yeah. Like it it was are they I want like it was pretty much a sequel to the original Tron like it tied in pretty big. Yeah. So I got to wonder like is this going to be in that same Tron universe but it's not a direct sequel but it is still that Tron universe or is this just going to be a complete and total fucking reboot of tron yeah that that's what i'm curious too like
1: yeah like it says the new film like will not be a direct sequel to tron legacy and 1982's tron but chart its own path as a new installment in the franchise so like i like that tells me like it's not a reboot but maybe like just something in that universe i don't
2: i don't know it doesn't, the wording is very. It, it's, it doesn't it's very, really like, tell you, it doesn't tell you which way it's fucking going at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the lingo is like very corporate. Like, hey, this is a very brief statement that we can like pretty much do whatever we want with.
2: Yes. Expect a Tron movie. Don't expect oh, yeah. anything else.
1: Yeah. And it says to like, um, uh, the person who wrote the latest version of the script, this article is saying, which remains in development, um, the project like does not have a green light yet so it's
2: so they've got a director and they've got Jared Leto attached and by all yeah. accounts Jared Leto, Leto is he's a pretty pretty big deal in hollywood so i would yeah. imagine like with a director picked and Jared Leto confirmed to be in it i can't imagine this not getting a green light
1: no me neither like unless for some reason they're still like that that burnt on how how bad the first one did right
2: it still blows me away that the first one did so poorly because i thought it was phenomenal
1: yeah like it like i don't think it did like terrible terrible but like i don't think it met their expectations at all because i know like critically like it kind of got mixed reviews and then i don't think it made as much as they were hoping for so i think they just kind of went
2: eh. Reviews are a tough thing to take serious, though, because yeah. like I don't know how many times I you I've like been on I don't know Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic where you're like okay the critic score they're giving it like it's got like forty five or fifty percent according to the critics, but the audience score is up in the eighties or nineties and it makes Mad Bank right so it's like yeah I feel like sometimes a lot of these critics out there they're just too stuck up and prissy and they feel like oh I'm a film critic so I have to be overly critical and I can't enjoy a movie for the fun of it. I have to be very technical and logical in everything I say about it and therefore give them bad marks or reviews and it's yeah. I don't I don't think there's a lot of weight in in the whole critic space anymore. I mean like oh, I mean like there's still it still matters to an extent, but I don't think yeah. critic reviews are uh worth what they used to be. Especially no, given, you know, the expansion of the internet, right? Like anyone can yeah. go on Reddit or post a review anyway anywhere right so
1: yeah and like i don't know like i i don't look at reviews or anything really like that's usually not what determines whether i'm gonna go see a movie or not so
2: no not not for me either i i will say though that there's times where like there'll be two movies that i want that i'm like oh both these movies interest me i don't know which one i want to see so I'll go on Rotten Tomatoes and I typically don't care about the critics review or critic score, but I'll look at the audience score. And it's like, yeah. okay, seems like audiences like this one a little bit more than that one. I'll go see this one first.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done that, like, uh, taking a peek at it. Like, if there's kind of a bunch of shit out there and it's like, I don't have, like, a huge urge to see any one of these, but I kind of, like, just want to pick one. I've done that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: but But, yeah, like this... This fucking uh, Tron just... thing is, it like, it's so weird because, like, yeah, like, and because it's
1: not greenlit yet, like, I wonder if that's why there's so much, like, kind of weird information about it is, like, I wonder if it just needs, like, the Disney slap on the back to be green, greenlit and then all of a sudden we'll get, like, okay, this is actually what the fuck this thing is
2: yeah I'm, I'm probably honestly not going to pay any attention until the green lights official or probably yeah. until you know pre-production starts happening where they start to like location scouting and stuff that's probably when i'll pay a little bit more attention to it yeah i i'm just i can't get over this this director like i mean i never saw a line but obviously it won a bunch of awards and was like you know a very critically hailed film but I yeah mean, like, this guy's rap sheet is like over the last 20 years He's directed like one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten things in the last 20 years. And only yeah. two of them were movies. Yeah. And then the other one, he just did like a guest directing spot on a two TV shows that I've never even fucking heard of. Yeah, meaning A short and then a documentary, which I've never yeah. heard of. And the two yeah. movies that he did direct, I heard of Lion, never watched it. Yeah. And then he did one called Mary Magdalene, never fucking heard of it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean,
2: I'm not saying that he's going to do a bad job. Like, I'm not trying to throw that bad juju out there and be like, okay, he's going to fuck this up. But I'm just incredibly surprised that when you have, like, a big IPA like that and you have someone big like Jared Leto confirmed to be in it, it just seems a little odd that they're going to hand over the reins to someone with very little experience. And by all accounts, just looking at, like the synopsis and the poster for Mary Magdalene and from what I recall from Lion like not even in the same fucking realm no no like i i had a buddy who watched Lion and he really liked it
1: but it, it was like very much kind of like a like a drama like kind of character drama right like not not really like an action like thing right yeah so, so i
2: mean that's where my interest lies. Is is what's what's this guy gonna do with it? I mean, maybe this is the the movie that's gonna blow him up into directorial fame. I don't know, but
1: yeah, and maybe he's got like maybe when uh, they were looking for someone or something, like maybe he's just got like a really good idea for a Tehran movie, and that's why that's why he's in on it, right? Hmm. I could see that, but yeah, it's weird. Like.
2: No, i guess we'll just have to wait and see how this one pans out yeah
1: Yeah, it'll be weird what happens with this because yeah like it feels like the rumors and like the talks of a neutron movie have been like kind of in the black hole of hollywood for like years now where it's just like are they doing one are they not and yeah
2: maybe it's just one of those time heals wounds things right like yeah Give it enough time and then people will forget how not overly impressive the last one was. To some people, I was super impressed. I loved it. Yeah. But obviously, the general consensus wasn't overly impressive. So maybe it's just one of those things where it's like, we're just going to sit on this for a while. And then when we think the time is right, we'll try and bring it back it, to the light and redo it and hopefully get a better response.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious about it. So.
3: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm.
2: then next I, I see... There's a Rogue One prequel series?
1: Yeah, so they they announced that a while ago. Um, Like another kind of Disney Plus thing. And I'm trying to remember. I think it's based... Did you ever watch Rogue One?
2: That's one of the few newer Star Wars movies I did see. I saw Rogue One and I watched the first episode of the newest trilogy episode eight I guess
1: okay so the prequel is based on um that the main guy in Rogue One um
2: Cassian I guess well I guess that would make sense how this is a prequel to Rogue One because I'm just gonna say doesn't don't they fucking not quite make it through at the very end
1: yeah I know they all die okay so spoiler alert for Rogue One but yeah, so it's, it's it's a prequel series based on him. And is he coming hidden.
2: back as Cassian?
1: Yes, I believe so. So I believe he is he is coming back. Um, and then this this girl from uh, Six Underground, which I actually liked her in Six Underground. I thought the movie was was pretty dumb, but pretty awesome. Um,
2: yeah, it was a goofy, fun ride. Yeah, very akin uh, to the Fast and the Furious.
1: Yeah. Yep, pretty much. Um, so this looks like it she might be playing like his sister maybe that's what some of the some of the rumors you're saying is like
2: yeah that's what i'm seeing right here i i never got big into like the star wars novels or any of the backstories and the spin-offs and like the clone wars or any of that stuff so like all the other stuff that goes on in the star wars universe i'm completely and absolutely fucking clueless about so oh, okay yeah i didn't fair. even know who cassie like, and tell i watched rogue one like that was a completely new character to me that I'd never heard of in my life. Well, it, so.
1: it was a new character, um, as far as I know, too. Because, because when that whole when Disney bought um, Star Wars, they wiped all the lore out that wasn't the movies. They were basically what? like, yeah, they were like anything that's not the movies, um, like we're not considering lore. And then they are building their own lore back up and kind of like cherry picking stuff. Even um, the Clone Wars. Oh, no, let's just sorry, like Clone Wars and stuff. Like that stuff was in there, like those cartoons. But like all the books and like stuff like that, like like a bunch of stuff they basically didn't consider canon anymore. But I think like anything like like cartoon or movies, I think that was how it was. Hmm. So, and yeah. Um. So I think that, like that character was made up. Like I don't. I don't remember. I'm trying to think back as someone who used to read a bunch of that lore like way back in the LucasArts days. um, I don't ever remembering like this being an established character like I think they just made those characters to make that Rogue One movie.
2: I'll have to take your word for it because like I said like I haven't even finished watching all the new Star Wars movies like I know shame on me but
1: yeah yeah I mean they haven't been all that good so
2: um you know and i love the original three that they did and then episode one i didn't think was that bad and then episode two and three i just really didn't care for so when it was like oh we're rebooting and we're gonna do like three after the fact and yeah it didn't didn't excite me as uh as most people did like when i did watch the other two i didn't even i think i saw rogue one in theaters but i don't think i saw episode one or episode eight in theaters i think i saw that at home
1: Yeah, I watched the very last one at home, but like the the new one, like episode eight that they did with J.J. Abrams, I actually thought was really well done. Like it was a it was a good return to Star Wars, and then like the other two after that, I just thought were not
2: not that good at all. Um, Well, and honestly, like I'll probably I'll get around to eventually watching like the Han Solo one, and I'll watch episode nine and seven. No, it would be eight and nine because I watched seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll get around to watching those. But now that I know that it's the fucking D bags from Game of Thrones that are doing the next set in the trilogy, I'm probably never going to watch them again.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, but what what makes me excited about this show is um when they did that Mandalorian show, um I thought was it on Disney Plus. I thought it was really really well done because it kind of got back to the old Star Wars roots of like not this big grand like set piece but it's kind of like here's a smaller kind of story in this universe that is like it's just a good story that kind of takes place in this universe kind of thing like Mm -hmm. it was a much more smaller kind of focused thing um and i think if this rogue one prequel series is kind of like that then i think that's that's like kind of where my return to star wars is coming is like not a fan of like very many of the, the new movies and coming from like a huge star wars fan and then like being like really bummed out like i'm i'm just done with star wars um and then watching the mandalorian going oh this is actually really like really good um so if it's kind of in that same vein i'm i'm kind of excited but I'm also...
2: it, it's on my list but i still haven't seen it either i'm terrible yeah, with it with the Star Wars stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's, um, which, which is fair. Um, but yeah, like, if it's in that same vein as, like, The Mandalorian, I think it could be really good. Um, but I also have, like, I'm also tempering my expectations. Like, I'm just kind of going to assume it's probably going to be bad, but I hope it's, like, The Mandalorian where it's good. But, mm-hmm. but that's kind of where like the new Star Wars stuff has gotten me. It's just like, I'm expecting everything to just be garbage until I hear I,
2: otherwise, so. Yeah, I guess time will tell on that one, yeah. too. So,
1: so yeah. That's not really much to this new story other than I was just like, all oh, right, they're making that Rogue One series. And she was not
0: bad in Six Underground. So, yeah.
2: All right, then. So what mm. I'm more curious about is that next piece here, a yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reboot. Yes. Yeah. I... So not a sequel, not a prequel, not like yeah. after the fact, like they're going to completely redo yeah. the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as yeah. a drama? Yeah. Yeah, and
1: Will Smith is attached to
2: produce it, so. Well, I mean, he was the creator of it to begin with. I can't imagine them doing anything with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in any capacity Without Will Smith having some kind of involvement,
1: yeah, um, I've got a I've got a hard time thinking of why anyone needs
2: this. I think Will Smith just needs more money. I guess, yeah. Well, like, why else would you do this? Like, first uh, and foremost, know. like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like, I mean, that was a big deal in the nineties. Yeah, but it but it's cause it was funny. It was a funny show with funny people. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so I I can't imagine how you would do this as a serious drama.
1: Yeah, I don't.
2: And given how iconic those characters were, right? Like Uncle Phil and fucking obviously Will Smith, his character as well, but like Carlton, like how do you do? The fresh prince of bel-air not only is a drama but then when you have a drama like you take away what made that show so special with those like three original characters i mean like obviously there will be a new will and there will be a new carlton and there will be a new uncle phil but i just i don't i don't know how this is going to be enjoyable
1: yeah i don't and it says it's based on uh, morgan cooper's (laughs) viral video reimagined the nbc comedy series as a drama titled belayer and i don't ever remember that
2: it's posted in the article but i i haven't watched it so yeah i'll take a look at it after the fact but nonetheless i don't know I, i i see that they're trying to shop it around at different studios and they're even in talks with like hbo max so i mean that would make me feel a little more intrigued about it if it landed on hbo because like HBO just crushes it with like everything they fucking do.
1: Yeah, like if they get some some good bank and some good production behind it.
2: But, but like, I, I, I just I I can't envision this. I don't know. To me, this would be yeah. akin to like if someone ten years from now they're like, We're gonna remake The Office and we're gonna put it on showtime and it's gonna be a drama. It's like, what? Yeah. No, don't don't do that. Why would you no? Yeah, like yeah, I do.
1: and like I wonder if this is going to be, um, because they say reimagined. So like, I don't know when I hear that, I think of like how Riverdale reimagined the Archie comics. Like, I wonder if it's going to go in that direction, where it's like, hey, this is based on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but like, really, it's based on that in the loosest sense.
2: Yeah, here are the same characters, and they're technically in Bel-Air, and the general plot is, you know, Will's got to go move with his aunt and uncle, but it's going to be dark and gritty and very drama, very sad, it's not a comedy, and like, I don't know, you say those things out loud, and it just makes me not interested even more. This is something I, like, am super, super fucking curious to see once, you know, once a pilot comes out. Um, Yeah. I I... I'm dying to know how in the world they're going to pull this off because yeah it would be different it like there were dramatic moments and serious moments throughout that series when it originally aired
1: oh yeah like they touched on some pretty heavy shit
2: uh, yeah for sure but it was but, a fucking comedy yeah at its core it was it was a comedy so um, I I just I don't know how, how, can you think of anything else out there that was once a comedy and then was later reimagined as a straight-up drama
1: no and like that's why like the only thing that i could think of was like how the cw did riverdale like where it just went completely like way out of what it was based on
2: yeah but, but that's, like i i don't but there's no president because there was no riverdale comedy yeah. show prior right yeah like, that's this what was I mean. its first for foray into like a live action series yeah yeah whereas I... like this was already a beloved and well-established 90s sitcom yeah, and, like, I'm I'm trying to think. And there's probably something out there, but
1: um, I can't think of anything that is, like, like you said, like, that had an original thing. And then not only did they completely reboot it, but completely changed the whole tone of, like, and genre of what it was. Like, I'm... Yeah, I don't... I can't think of anything. And, yeah, this one no, is... No,
2: I, I just... All that keeps popping into my head is other classic 90s sitcoms and trying to reimagine them as straight-up dramas like i can't imagine yeah. like no. full house as a straight-up drama no family matters as a full-on drama
1: no no like i yeah like it's
2: so i i'm beyond intrigued here i am yeah so curious
1: uh, yeah i'm just gonna like i'm just like clicking through this trailer thing and
0: like
1: completely different tone like holy shit
2: yeah when we're all done here I'm definitely going to take the time to watch it yeah so maybe we can touch on it a little bit more yeah, uh, next week yeah because yeah because I'm, I'm I'm curious
1: yeah I, like I'm really perplexed. super skeptical oh yeah for sure but Like curious yeah like because yeah and like yeah Like who knows? Maybe it it turns out that it's going to be like this new, like taking a more dramatic spin on it. Maybe that's maybe it turns out to be insanely good. Who knows? But but I just I I have no idea. Yeah. Who the fuck fuck
2: asked for this? Like obviously the fans (laughs) did after watching this guy's like reimagining of it that he put on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's got to be some interest for it. So I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it and I'll, I'll see because maybe when I get time to actually sit down and fully watch this trailer and yeah absorb all of it, maybe I'll be like, okay, yeah, no, that actually could be interesting. But for yeah. now, just at face value, just reading that there's going to be a dramatic reimagining of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I, I, I don't feel good about it.
1: No, no, and I wonder if it was a case of like a Will Smith saw that trailer or something and was like, oh man, that was really good. And maybe like that was a case where like maybe he advocated for it or something like that, but
2: also very possible. I mean, he makes Hollywood Bank a lot, so yeah, we got some pull.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. So yeah, weird, very weird. When I saw the title, I was like, fucking what? Like, I had to double check. I was like, is this like legit? So.
2: It's not April 1st. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. So. All right. So what else do we got here? 47 Ronin sequel.
1: Yeah. Which is like talk about a movie that like was up the definition of a box office bomb.
2: Yeah, I actually saw it Christmas Christmas Day. We my family and I went and saw this. It was like when it first came out, obviously I whatever year 2013, it says i remember it was like oh what are we gonna go see and we didn't know what to see and we just kind of settled on 47 and saw it as a family i didn't mind it but it was not that great
3: yeah
1: and like to be fair i i never watched it um but i remember just like like over the years just hearing that like this was not a good this was not a good movie (laughs) <laughs> no, and, it was
2: nothing to write home about. And But I see that it's it's going to be a sequel and it's going to be going to Netflix. So I feel like this yeah. is a better route to go about it. I would be super concerned for anyone who's uh, investing money into this film if it was yeah. if they were going to try and do it as a big, wide theatrical release. Yeah. I feel like that would be a big no-no. But I mean, yeah. to do it in a different time period than the original, have it go yeah. straight to Netflix, and obviously Keanu's not going to be a part of it. No, so well, I mean, at least
1: not yet, right? Like, who knows? Maybe he gets involved, but
2: I feel uh, if they're gonna do it in a completely different time period, I feel like it'd be hard to have Keanu involved because we're not talking just a different geographical location. Like, we're talking a completely different time period. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they could get him back to do it. But I mean, look, that guy's got The Matrix to do and a couple John Wick films. I'm really yeah. hoping for the, him to do a Berserker Berzer- live action. Based on that comic series that he's he's in. Yeah. I mean he's a busy guy. I can't imagine this would be at the top of his priority list, but Yeah. I don't know Keanu personally, so I can't comment <laughs> either way. Yeah, yeah, like who knows, like
1: and I, I'm trying to I don't know if this is like a forty seven Ronin, like if it was based on like some source material or something.
0: But
2: yeah, I don't so think... I. I I don't, I don't know think if... it's based on like graphic novels or comics yeah. or anything to that extent. But I like mean, I like said, I I didn't mind the first one, but I mean, yeah. There's no part of me that like after watching that film was like, God, I really hope they make another one. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. if it's coming to Netflix, I'll watch it.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it seems like they're kind of almost taking. Like, so, just maybe some of the lore of what was 47 Ronin and basically just going like, yeah, we're going to do this in a totally different, like, theme and time period um, with new people. Yeah, so, I've,
2: I've, I feel like that's probably their best bet is to try and redo the whole thing.
1: Yeah, because if if this was like, hey, we're doing, um, like, a sequel to 47 Ronin, yeah. Who who in the right mind is going to be like, yeah, no, totally, I want to throw my money at that, you know, probably yeah. no one.
2: No, and enough time has passed that they, it's probably safe for them to make another attempt at this. Yeah, but yeah. To to do a completely new, st- obviously, it's going to be in the same universe, but yeah. to do a completely completely different take on it, that's probably the way to go.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's how you like that's how you do this. Is is basically just loosely saying, yeah, it's. It's a 47 Ronin sequel, but it takes place 300 years later and it's not Samurais or whatever, mm. right? You know, I think that's that's the only way this works. Because, Like I said, who, who would throw their money at a pitch of like, yo, we're doing a 47 Ronin sequel? Like probably no one.
2: I really want to know, are they going to call it 48 Ronin?
1: Ooh. I mean, if it's taken 300 years uh, from now, is it like you know 3047
2: Ronin a very well could be they just go like all cyberpunk with it
3: <laughs>
2: yeah I mean it's it's interesting it's not something I'm like overly hyped or pumped about I mean when it eventually lands on Netflix when I have time we'll probably watch it yeah but it's it's not making it on my like my watch like my I'm gonna track this as this as it develops and becomes a yeah. thing and. Pay attention to when it gets released. It's going to be something where I'm just casually browsing one day. Like, oh, look, there's that 47 Ronin sequel. Yeah, fuck it. I got two hours to kill. Why not?
1: Yeah. And in this article, it says, like, they're going 300 years into the future with pronounced cyberpunk and even horror elements be adding, like, added to the samurai, like, theme. So it's like, okay, cyberpunk horror samurai.
2: Yeah, the time period (laughs) that they end up going with. That's what's really going to be interesting to me.
1: Yeah, like so it seems like they're almost going to go sci-fi, you know, with some samurai stuff, which, sure.
2: Samurais in space? Space samurais? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, well, why not? Fuck it. It's Netflix's money, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. They're
2: going to get their cut either which way, so... Yeah. Go wild, boys.
0: Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Give her shit. I'll, yeah, I'll give her give her shit. I'll probably check that out at some point. Like you said, when it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I got nothing to watch. What's on Netflix? Oh shit. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about that.
2: Yeah. Pretty sure we talked about this three years ago.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's check it out. So yeah. Uh, what would make me like way more uh interested in in this is if like a few weeks from now keanu reeves was like yeah i'm totally i'm totally
2: going to be in this sequel and you know it's it's (laughs) possible i I don't recall because granted this is seven fucking years ago so i don't recall the movie verbatim but i know like he had some kind of special samurai fucking powers yeah he could do some like You know mystical type things so i mean it wouldn't be a far stretch or a far cry for him for his character to still be in there albeit maybe his character is aged and he's training like the new gen or something to that effect i mean it's definitely possible
1: yeah or I mean, I mean, you don't have to like we're talking about a forty-seven Ronin sequel. You're you're writing to to get Keanu Reeves into a movie three hundred years later. Probably doesn't have to be that solid. You know, it's just got to be enough to kind of explain it, right?
2: No, and at the very least, I think they need to have Keanu like, like maybe a flashback to Keanu. or yeah. have him in some sort of cameo capacity. Yeah. If not actually like if not actively involved, I mean, like like Keano's always been a you know the internet's darling yeah for a long long time right but i mean 2013 that was a while ago and like yeah i mean keanu was like we're coming off the heels of like the matrix and stuff so he was Mm -hmm. a big celebrity but he was nowhere near as adored as he is right now yeah exactly right now keanu is the fucking king of the internet and the king of hollywood right like yeah and, and seven just... years ago, he wasn't. He was a big deal, but he's not yeah. what he is now. So I feel yeah. like for them to really get some real traction and some solid steam and hype for this movie, they they need to try and get him on board. Because then even if the movie isn't the greatest, it's still going to do well and be received gen- generally well just because nobody's saying bad shit about Keanu right now.
1: Yeah, and like, like if they got him on... Um... As like the lead, and it was kind of like something like that. Sure, like why not? I mean, he's in the, he's a, he's he's in that cyberpunk game that's coming out soon.
2: So like maybe he's mm-hmm. just that character, but a samurai. <laughs> oh fuck!
1: <laughs> right? Forty
2: seven ronin cyberpunk crossover. I yeah, t- yeah. That might be going a little too far, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Who knows? I'll be yeah. curious to know.
1: Uh, like it seems like it's kind of very like early stages on this
2: but yeah i have to see what happens here so yeah but
0: yeah why not why not why not sequel
1: netflix has got the money they like to burn it so
2: yeah and most people don't have the money anymore you see that cineplex just posted 100 million dollar loss this quarter
1: yeah but i feel like that was kind of a given being that they were no yeah
2: no absolutely but like that that kind of leads into like our next story here where like amc is talking there's going to be more cost and higher tickets and higher concession because of the safety protocols and then almost like within a few fucking days they're like oh by the way 15 cent movie tickets yeah
1: yeah like when i saw that i was just like that is like totally different messaging like like, yeah, we might have to increase prices on everything, you know, to safely open up. But we're also going to give you 15 cent tickets. <laughs>
2: like- yeah, that's a bold. And I mean, I I've, fuck you're going to see for me. Uh, to me, it would be worth it. Like, because I mean, I'm I'm assuming they're going to have like uh, several gaps in the seating yeah. between people. Right. So like if yeah. you have a what's a typical theater hold, like 100 people.
1: Uh, 100, 200
2: people. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's let's just say a hundred, but you have to put like, you know, four or five seats in between people, and you gotta like distance them in the fucking rows. <laughs> so, like, we're talking like if it's a hundred seat theater, now Look we're cool. talking what twenty five, thirty seats. Yeah, maybe yeah, cool. forty. Yeah. So, like, even if we go on the generous side and we say that the hundred seat theater is now gonna hold forty people. And yeah. you're charging fifteen cents a ticket, yeah, for six dollars, you could rent that whole fucking theater out, yeah, pretty much, yeah. And that's what I would do, yeah, totally. Like just buy the I whole would theater bu-
1: for six bucks. yes,
2: I would buy every ticket to a movie I wanted to see and spend yeah. six dollars and yeah. watch it by myself,
1: yeah, exactly. That's that was the first thing I thought of is like,
2: yeah. <laughs> and I
1: mean, like, the uh, movie theaters like that's not where their money comes from is tickets so i get it like
2: but that's cheap even even on their standards like and yeah that's like i would love to see what their quarterly numbers were because at least like we got uh, up in canada what a month ago now we we reopened the majority yeah. of the theaters across the country right and they they started doing 5 dollar tickets which honestly is still I'm willing to pay $5. Like that's still a pretty solid bargain for me but you know south and of the border to us these guys their numbers that are like pandemic numbers and stuff are way higher. Yeah. They have way more outbreaks, it's a lot riskier. So I mean maybe 15 cents is really what they're hoping for to entice people but fuck that's a huge loss. And and so there's some caveats with that 15 cent ticket so like uh like if you
1: go through the article like it says um like they've got a bunch of older movies coming, and that's what's going to be fifteen cents. And then they say like, starting kind of like end of August, um, they'll have older movies, so like Inception and like the Back to the Futures and like Ghostbusters, and that'll be like five bucks a ticket. And then they say the few new movies that are opening, um, like kind of like the the New Mutants and like stuff like kind of Tenant like might be like 10 Mm bucks. So like, I think this 15 cents is like, they're going to open up with a bunch of super old movies and just be like, Hey, for this, this one opening day, it's 15 cents.
2: That's still quite a loss though. Like I, and I'm sure they have, you know, market analysts and everything going and crunching the numbers as to what's going to work best. But instead of having like different tiers based on the age of the movie, 15 cent tickets here, $5 tickets here, $10 tickets here, go like, I'm surprised that they wouldn't, and I, I personally think it's a better strategy to do what like Cineplex is doing up here. Or it's just five dollars across the board. Yeah, yeah. You can go see Back to the Future and the original Star Wars trilogy right now, five bucks a ticket. Or you yeah. can go see Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, still new but kind of older, a few months now, still five dollars a ticket. Oh, what's that? Ten? It's coming out. Yep, five dollars a ticket.
1: Yeah, and I think that's like that's what they're doing because this 15 cents thing is just opening day.
2: So, I must have missed that. It's just opening day,
1: yeah, yeah for one
2: day only. And
1: then it says, like there look then it looks like after that, it'll just be like five dollars for like the older movies like Star Wars or Back to the Future. And then it's like ten bucks or something like that for the new stuff. So,
2: well, that's not terrible then
1: sure. no, no. So it's just, yeah, yeah, which is like I think that's just like an opening day celebration you know but even then like how many people are going to flock to that you know in the states you know especially in a lot of the places that are you know still not doing super hot You know, yeah no if shit.
2: i'm in if i'm in california or texas not, or, Florida yeah. or any of those places like yeah, i don't not, care if it's 15 cents to go see back to the future i'll just watch it at home on my fucking yeah. television yeah exactly so
1: so yeah yeah the theater business in the states seemed like it's seems like every week we we talk about it and it's just weird as fuck every time because
2: it's always amc amc is yeah. always in the
1: headline yeah so it's like i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but yeah i mean i guess i gotta do something yeah
2: Some you think. gotta bring bo- you gotta put bodies in there too and you gotta see how many people are willing to brave yeah the current climate i guess yeah and i guess to come 15, see 10- something
1: Fifteen cent tickets. I'll I'll do that. That'll probably give you a good judge of people's comfort level, right? You know. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, the ethics behind offering cheap tickets, you know, during a pandemic, to get people out when you know maybe they should be staying in. Yeah. Who knows?
2: Um, I'm still all in favor of a premium video on demand service for theatrical releases.
1: Yes. Yes. Me too. And we've talked about that at length. Um, and I think it, it'll it get there. But, but yeah, I guess if no, you're in... It might
2: be a while, but... Yeah.
1: But hey, I guess if you've got an AMC close to you, and it's safe to go see a movie, go go watch one for 15 cents. Or better yet, pick up the whole theater for like six bucks and just watch it by yourself. Yeah, or bring
2: your family. Throw a mask on, bring the family, go have a whole fucking theater to yourself.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just buy out a theater. It'll for under ten bucks.
2: Yeah, that's a win right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, like it's, to me, that seems like what you should do is like maybe you don't go to a theater for fifteen cents, but buy out the theater for like six bucks because it's fifteen cents a ticket. Do that.
2: Do that. I if that was offered here, I would like I. I mean, I guess it would kind of depend on the movie, but for the most part, as long as a movie that I was like, okay, I can watch this. Yeah. I would absolutely, at least one time, buy out the full theater for under ten
1: bucks. Yeah, because yeah, why not? When are you ever going to be able to do that?
2: Never. Right.
1: right. Like it. That brings me back to the days where I managed a movie theater and I could just spool up one after hours.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: and just enjoy the whole theater. But
0: those days are gone.
3: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah. AMC Theaters. Yeah. Weird company.
2: Yeah, we'll see what happens with them next week. I'm sure there'll be another headline where they're in the yes. news for something else. Yes, yes. Something will happen with them. All so nice. tell me about
1: this Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Doing I just saw it.
2: Read. Yeah, I just saw it, and I thought it was uh, was interesting because it seems like during this pandemic, we were, we're getting a lot of cult classic television yeah. shows and films kind of doing table reads. Yeah, so I th- I thought it was interesting, but this one's so like, the they read they the cast of Community reunited to redo that table read, and it was, it was amazing. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, then they too. got the the cast back of Scott Pilgrim versus the World for their tenth anniversary, do a table yeah. read. I didn't watch the entire thing because it was pretty lengthy, but from what yeah. I did saw, again, fantastic. Especially because for anyone who's seen that movie, like it's old, but like it was an all-star lineup like you look at all of the actors in there and they're all big names right now so it's it's always unique to go and watch an old film and you're like oh shit this person and this person and this person right but this one is a little bit more interesting to me because not only are they bringing some of the original people back but they're also throwing in people to do the table read who were not part of this film at all
1: yeah like Shia LaBeouf
2: yeah, so like you've Sean Penn, obviously, who was part yeah. of it, and same with like Matthew McConaughey. But yeah. like Shia LaBeouf wasn't in it. Jennifer Aniston wasn't in it. Julia Roberts, Dane, Dane Cook. Cook, Morgan right. Freeman. Yeah. These yeah. none of these people were in this movie. So I'm like, this one has me super intrigued because yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch Fast Times before yeah table read because i want to see who these people are reading for Uh,
1: yeah yeah like who the fuck is morgan freeman gonna read for
2: i don't know but i mean like i'll i'll listen to morgan freeman read anything
1: yeah that is true so yeah this is super interesting that they're just like they're getting random people to like pick up the parts which and i kind of think that's kind of cool actually like like a lot of these it's like you said this has kind of been a growing popular thing you know in the pandemic stay at home thing which is it makes sense it's an it's an easy enough thing to do virtually you know with everyone reading and stuff like that and and most of the time you know what they do with these table reads is like oh it's it's a live thing or something like that and and it's usually there's usually a charity involved for you know the pandemic or something like that so
2: yeah it's usually for a good cause and i mean with hollywood still for the most part on hold i mean some production is going on in some various places but i mean we're still not at full-blown Hollywood production where we were before right so i mean you have a lot of these actors and actresses or is it just actors now is it just straight actors that's the political correct term i don't know i i I don't care either which way you have all these celebrities who are sitting at home not really doing a whole lot so i mean what is it for them to hop on a zoom call for an hour and a half and read off a piece of paper
1: yeah, exactly. Especially when there's you know like a like a charity involved or something like that. Like it's 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 it, you know it looks good for them. You know, and they, they get out. And if it, if it's a movie they really liked that, that that they did, in, you know back in the day, then it's kind of a no
2: brainer. So, you know what I really would have liked to have seen, what? and like I'm pro- I I'm, I imagine I'm probably one of the only people who thought of this, and maybe I'm not because I'm honestly not that original, but. I think it would have been absolutely hilarious if they could have got El Chapo to zoom to zoom call in and also read a part off of this. That would be great, yeah. Given Sean Penn's like weird fucking relationship with the guy, yeah, yeah, it's just like you oh because yeah the backlash would have been real. huge oh yeah yeah
1: yeah it would have been like insane but like at the same time it would have been like totally fucking rad to just be like yo here's the head of the mexican cartel where you depart from <laughs> yeah, time. yeah exactly <laughs> it, it, it like, would
2: have been so wild so many people would have been so pissed but the amount of fucking press coverage and oh, the yeah. amount of people that would have like tuned in Oh fuck! I
1: I would I would I if that was a thing I totally would be like oh this ticket is fifty bucks to watch
2: this yes immediately yeah no exactly that's just it I mean most of these times it's like a free YouTube stream or whatever and you can just yeah. donate if you feel like it but if they're like oh yeah we're gonna have we're gonna have El Chapo read a fucking part here like yeah. but the cost of admission to watch this thing this whole thing go down is you know like you said fifty bucks like, yeah. I am in. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, God, that would be ridiculous. It like, never, it, like, it would never happen, but it would be amazing. No, it wouldn't. But, like, fuck, that would be amazing. And uh, like, just have Sean Penn, like, not even read. Have him be there, but have yeah. El Chapo read Jeff Spicoli. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Oh, God, take my money.
1: Yeah, Sean Penn is just there in face only.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that would be... That'd be amazing, but but yeah, su- super interesting. I just I thought it was a a very unique yeah take on yeah. like the the table read. Oh yeah, craze that seems to be happening right now.
1: Yeah, to get like a, just a bunch of random people like kind of almost reimagine it right. Like that, I think that's really interesting. Like, and, like, and also like, when the fuck is the last time you heard Dane Cook? Feels like yeah, that no, was no, really super hot in the like. Mid to late 90s, and then like hasn't been,
2: (laughs) yeah, which is super weird because you'd think after his brother took all of his money and he became broke that you would see him like out touring hard and putting out videos and trying to you know make some money again. But he's he's been pretty he's laid low for quite some time now. I remember, I think it was like seven years ago,
1: my sister got like free stand up tickets in like Edmonton or Calgary when he was there and we went and watched it and it was actually pretty good
2: he's he's funny but I I don't think his jokes specifically are like all of that crazy funny or amazing it's the way he does them like it's definitely the way he carries himself and the way he tells a story that makes it entertaining but yes I think you're right there um either which way I'm I'm very intrigued by this i thought it was an interesting take on a routine table read here and i'm i'm excited yeah. to see how this pans out i'm gonna I mean, quietly cross my fingers in hopes that yes. you know word gets back and they're like oh yeah that would be a good idea can we can we get a laptop into prison for chapo yeah but i won't I, hold my breath no
1: no but something tells me that like if you needed to get a hold of a laptop wherever he was that it wouldn't be an issue <laughs> no probably not <laughs> So, yeah, no, I'm interested, like, this is a, this is a cool spin on, like, the the kind of script reads that have been happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, t- I, I think before this happens, I need to go back and watch the original Best Times and then see just how different it is and who each person voices.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, because I, just watching the script read right now, I don't know that I'd be able to, aside from some of the main people,
2: like, I wouldn't be able to tell you who's who yeah no that's fair especially because that movie was technically before our time yes yes yeah the other thing i find super exciting here is cbs is bringing in an advisory group for their crime and legal shows
1: it's about time i think
2: that's that's just fucking it right there like like
1: it's tv shows have been doing this for years um like like when I saw this headline, I like it kind of flabbergasted me that this was not already a thing for a major TV network because TV shows do this all the time, like and they've been doing it since like The Wire and like The Sopranos, like
2: yeah I don't cause like that was like I I like I would casually like way back in the day when I was younger when I was really a kid you know if i was like hung over laying on the couch and there was like a marathon of fucking csi on i would just mm-hmm. like slip in and out of conscien- consciousness consciousness yeah. well played in the background
1: yeah, but man. like i
2: didn't really care for that show and like ncis i don't know why i don't like that show at all i don't think it's very good i don't think it's entertaining and i've like i've heard a few people come on like the joe rogan show who are former like navy seals and yeah. you know and they all go like ncis is just like an insult to like what actually happens oh, yeah of course right and of course like my dad like who was a former police officer himself right like refused yeah. to watch stuff like ncis or especially csi yeah. who used to really fucking get him going because he's like that's oh, yeah. just it would piss him off because it's so far out of the realm of reality yeah so it, it's it is odd that they never i mean i get it to an extent because you got you know you have an an hour long tv show on your network which is really only 42 minutes of actual show you got to keep the story moving you got to have your problem kind of thing at the bidding right like you got to follow your acts right and then get your resolution at the end and modern day you know like forensic kind of stuff you know you can't do that in a day right like Blood work yeah. doesn't happen instantly. You don't look no. at a body and you're like, oh, this is indicative of this, which means that, which means this, and that means this guy has to be our killer and scene and end of episode. Like that's yeah. obviously not how it works. Yeah. But it's about time that they're finally fucking because that's what turns me off of these shows is like yeah. I don't get me wrong, I watch a lot of television and movies strictly for the entertainment value. I mean, the majority of the shows I watch, they're not based in any sort of realism, and I don't personally overly care for actual reality television with the exception of big brother because that show's amazing yeah that that being said it's like i would be a little more interested in watching some of these shows if they were a little more on the straight and narrow and a little more truthful and real
1: yeah and like you don't have to get it you don't have to like hit the realism like over the head like get it like 100 right but like yeah because you're gonna you're gonna stretch it a little bit no matter how how good it is, but just like having someone being there, going just and being like, "Yo, that's totally not how that fucking works at all." Like you couldn't be further off of first base, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, like and it's it's like I said, like I I was totally shocked that they just didn't have this because like like I remember like like The Wire is an old show and like they they had this like shows have had this forever like I remember reading it going like wow that they didn't
2: have this (laughs) like well have you seen any of these shows I mean would it surprise you that they didn't have it there's no way they have an advisory group and NCIS was doing what it was or CSI was doing what it was for as long as it was
1: yeah no it, it doesn't surprise
2: me at all but like at the same time yeah you yeah, know, I, mean, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, they like the consultants and advisory groups are definitely a large part of a lot of television shows. So it definitely seems weird that, like, yeah, they didn't have that for any of this kind of stuff. And it, it really is about time. And, and, and I, I'm curious to see how it plays out because when you start airing on the side of like realism, like the more realistic things and how things actually work in the real world, is that going to dull some of these shows?
1: Yeah. And it seems
2: like this is almost like.
1: Like, they're kind of doing this because of, you know, the political climate, you know, with kind of some of these areas. So, like, are they, like, are they doing it to, to make the show more real? Or are they just doing it just to appease people?
2: Yeah, it's hard to tell these days. Right. It's, it seems like you can't really tell anyone's true intentions these days, yeah. given what's the political landscape that's happening right now. Yeah, so it's like the biggest one that has me concerned, which is like kind of related, but also very unrelated is how they're completely rewriting and completely retweaking like the whole direction they were going to go with the new season of Brooklyn nine, nine yeah. because that, of the political climate. And I'm like, well, like, yeah, yeah. that's a cop show, but it's, it's, it's really, really not, not. Yeah.
1: Like it's, that's, it's, it's just the backdrop of that show. Really? Like it's,
2: yeah exactly so and and like if you've ever seen the show right like 99.9% of the stuff that happens in any given episode you're like yeah obviously that's not how yeah any police department works how anything happens that's not like none of this is like based in any sort of fucking realism it's a comedy show with a police backdrop like you said right so for them to be like oh given the political landscape we're going to completely rethink we the way we do the show and that has me so concerned, yeah, me too. like i yeah i I'll, I'll be curious how
1: how that turns out because like it seems like it's and like it it wasn't even a comedy show that like pushed you know like hot button issues or anything like that, like it was fairly like just a straight up comedy, like it didn't really you know poke at anything you know heated, you know out there, i at least not that I remember, um yeah, exactly, so like, so... like if, if it if it did that. You know, and it kind of poked fun at a lot of the the issues out there or something like that. I could see someone being like, OK, we got to we got to retool this. But but like they didn't even do that. Like it just it was a regular ass comedy that that was that that's awesome.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I, I absolutely love that show. So I am yeah, me- I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like especially I'm- like I had a, a very big scare when fox fucking axed it and i was like no this is such a great and underrated show and yeah. then i was happier than a pig and shit when it came when, to... yeah when nbc fucking picked it up which i think is where it should have been all like from the get-go
1: yeah, yeah. i think that
2: that was a way better home for it oh absolutely and given andy sandberg's relationship with nbc having been on saturday night live for so many oh, yeah. years i'm i'm shocked that they weren't quick to pick it up and fox ended i just hate when fox picks up anything because you know when it starts getting traction they're just gonna fucking cancel it yeah pretty much yeah fox has got a really bad habit of that yeah oh terrible so yeah it'll be interesting to see i'm genuinely curious this might make me i'll probably give some of these shows or some of their newer shows maybe a a quick watch just to see how legit they're being with their advisory group But I honestly don't expect a whole lot. I feel like it's going to be, oh, we hired an advisory group and we're going to get advice and we're going to make it more realistic. And it's just like 75 Uh, or 80 percent of the episode is still pseudoscience, bullshit, unrealistic. But they're going to throw one thing in there that it's like, oh, that's actually a real thing. But that's it. I
1: I was about to say, like my expectation reading this article is like there's an advisory committee in name only. And I bet you these shows actually don't change all that much or if if
2: at all yeah probably <laughs> not at all <laughs> where it's but like, the committee's oh, there
1: yeah the committee's there and they gave us all these recommendations and then we just kind of went nah now nah, we're good like we're just mm-hmm. gonna go we're just gonna do the thing we've always been doing because that's what people have been watching <laughs> <laughs> uh because yeah fuck it that's what works that's what makes us money
2: yeah exactly so, so we we'll s- see how that pans out yeah
1: so in in weird news. So I don't know if you would have known this, but there was an infamous Star Wars holiday special that happened a long time ago. I do I never saw it. I do recall hearing the rumblings of it. Yes. Um and it is so bad that it has never been released outside of what played on TV. That's how bad it was. Like it has <laughs> never been released outside of that. Um you can't find it anywhere. Um Although I do have a copy on my server. But Apparently they're going to redo it with Lego on Disney Plus. Like shot for shot, line for line? I th- I don't know that it's like shot for shot, line for line. Um because it says it's going to be like set after the events of Star Wars:
2: Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Um, so it's it's to- a Star Wars and- holiday special, but it's not the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. So, um
0: So yeah, I why they decided to do this? I don't
2: know. Money I, I'll just answer that for you right there. It's money, yeah. I mean, like I saw the original Lego movie in theaters just cause yeah. I was curious. and like, you know, I but I love Lego, even as a grown ass man, I'm a big fan of Lego. So I was like, yeah, I'll check this out. And it was, yeah, I mean, it was a kids' movie, but I mean, yeah. it was fun. But yeah. after that, I was like, okay. It's like because yeah. then there was like another Lego movie, and then there was oh, yeah. Lego batman and then there was oh, yeah. lego this and lego that and then all the lego games and i was like oh, okay disney's just like oh, yeah. disney and lego are both just trying to milk it sque- yeah yeah squeeze as much blood from that stone as they possibly can and i don't see this as being anything different because the yeah. people who are diehard star wars fans Will probably who, go like away. yeah the one then we're talking the people that buy their star wars christmas time tickets you know yeah. three months in advance these people are going to gobble this up and then it's definitely going to be a drive for new disney plus subscribers i'm positive there's no way that they don't drive their numbers up hard with this especially if it's going to be exclusively to disney plus yeah
1: which looks like what it is you know and those lego movies like they're just basically a license to print money you know because they just kill it with the family audience right yeah well
2: and that's what it is like star wars has like a big diehard fan base like i know so many people who bought uh, Disney Plus memberships strictly and solely for The Mandalorian, for yeah. no other reason other than The Mandalorian. Even yeah. before The Mandalorian was out, as soon as yeah. they heard there's, yeah. a, there's a Star Wars show coming to Disney Plus called The Mandalorian, they bought yeah. Disney Plus memberships. Oh, yeah. And like I,
1: I, I was that kind of diehard fan before a lot of the recent movies. Um, but... But yeah, but not so, so think, much anymore. No, not so much anymore. Because um, they kind of, they kind of dropped the ball on a lot of that. And by drop the ball, I mean they made total fucking hot shit garbage um, for a lot of it. But, but yeah, it's it's. I I get why they're doing this. It's like you said. It's totally going to drive numbers. It's just, if you're going to make a Lego Star Wars movie, why the fuck do the the holiday special that was so infamously bad, like I said, that it aired on
2: TV once and there was never an official copy after that? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're like, oh, maybe that's part of the hype in the press. Yeah, Man, I, like, I, Oh, I... the diehard fans are going to remember that there was a holiday Star Wars special and it was absolute yeah. garbage. Yeah. And that'll, you know. Yeah build some hype and excitement around this lego version i don't know i i personally i can pretty much definitively say at this point that i won't go out of my way to watch this but
1: yeah no i'm the same way like i at the end of the day i was like i'm i'm probably not gonna watch this um i just thought that it was super interesting that they decided to, to remake the whole star wars holiday special because it was so fucking bad and like i've i've watched that original holiday
2: special it is terrible is it that uh, bad does it oh, have the actual like original people yeah. oh yeah like mark hamill and hansel and uh harrison ford and oh yeah and see uh, it is bad like, it's a really bad product placement um, okay so like forget this lego star wars special like disney listen up if you want to make mad bank and you want to drive a mass subscriber count You guys own the rights to everything. You need to air that on your Disney Plus. And I I promise you, I promise you will get way more subscribers than you ever would with a Lego star Wars special. It's because like,
1: yeah, it's yeah. I think they should also do that. But I also, I I think for maybe reasons they can't because they're like, there was a bunch of cameos with like musicians in it and stuff. Um, So maybe
2: there's some weird rights issues. I can't imagine that like if you if you have a TV series like if you're NCIS and you have Jay-Z guest star on an episode of NCIS like NCIS is still NCIS right they're gonna do reruns and all this other stuff and if they want to sell you know the streaming rights for NCIS to Netflix Jay-Z can't be like nope I was a guest on an episode I don't want that on Netflix that's true that is true Mad bank though. If if they release that original, I can't even imagine the numbers they would get. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like I almost wonder if if one day they do. Um, I don't think they ever will because of how bad it was. But
2: probably not. But
1: it w- it would be amazing if they did, just so that people could see the spectacular fucking disaster that it was. Um, you
2: never know.
1: So yeah, there wasn't really much to this new story other than I just kind of saw it and went, "What the." Fuck like, Star Wars Holiday Special Lego, the fuck like I just it was like perplexed when I read it I was like what, okay sure, why not,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: so,
1: and then in other streaming news, so I think last week we were talking about how like um, some streaming stuff like all the DC shows like they're on that different DC streaming service.
2: And they're all on different fucking platforms. You got some yeah. on Fox, some on the CW. like Yeah. So recently... ABC.
1: Uh, yeah. So recently, um, like the DC Universe kind of, I guess, company, Um, there's been a bunch of reorganization and a bunch of layoffs and stuff kind of through Warners and, and all of that. And a result of this is, I think, that... They're saying all of the DC universe TV shows are just going to be going HBO Max and seems like they're just kind of not doing that DC streaming service anymore.
2: (laughs) Good. Get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like apologies to anyone out there who subscribes to that. Oh, yeah. Like did not seem worth worth the money. Personally, I've never checked it out, but I got to wonder with how spread out the DC television universe is like between Fox and ABC and CW and God knows what other networks that this stuff is airing on. I have to imagine that even with their own DC streaming services, there's like weird little contracts and deals where it's like, this is going to be on TV for several weeks before. And then of course you get continents, which is super weird. Like, like for example, like when a new episode of Riverdale airs, we get it on Netflix the day it airs. If you're in the States, because this because Riverdale has a deal with the CW and airs on the CW. Yeah. New episodes air on television on the CW and yeah. then for like a like a week following that you can watch it on the CW only. Yeah. With ads and then you have to wait like a month before it comes to American Netflix.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's super weird. Um but yeah. And like I'm kind of happy for this cuz like Like it's weird when, like, they have this HBO Max, and then for the longest time they had HBO Go, right? You know, and they had this DC streaming service, and I want to say they had something else. So like, they had like four fucking streaming things.
2: It's just like too fractured. Like, make one, make one. Yeah, and then also they had all their weird deals, right? Like Titans is what is that CW? I believe it was CW that it was airing on television it was also airing on their streaming services and up in canada here titans was airing on netflix and for the yeah. f- and it was the same as the riverdale situation where when it, for the first season when a new episode of titans would come out it would come out on netflix that day but then with the second season it all came to netflix eventually but you had to wait like a couple months after the season pretty much aired before it showed up on the netflix up here
1: yeah pretty much. um so yeah, like that's that whole and that's like the whole region stuff, you know, is a whole nother layer of complication on mm-hmm. stuff right, because there's tons of shit that's on the you know American Netflix that we just don't get, right, and vice versa, right? you know that that whole regional stuff is I'll straight up say bullshit, but I get it. <laughs> I get why it's also a thing because these deals are kind of ridiculously complicated, it seems so.
2: Yeah, but I'm I'm happy to see it go there because again, like I'm a big fan of HBO and I yeah. think if they I wanna see them personally pull a couple of these shows off network television.
3: Like yeah. uh,
2: like I, is Gotham even running new episodes or is that done now? That'd I don't even know. Done. I never I never watched oh, yeah. Gotham. So I mean like let's say that one's done, sure. Supergirl is or Super or Superwoman? Supergirl. Superwoman? Yeah. Supergirl, Whatever. The one the one with Melissa Benoit. she like okay sure fucking leave that on abc if you want but like titans take that off of cw and keep it strictly on hbo max because i actually enjoy that show and it got into it because the first episode in that first season was so dark and so gritty and it was like that's the kind of comic book live action stuff that i want to see and I definitely yeah. felt that with this last season, they were trying to kind of keep it in the darker, grittier side, but still trying to keep it very PG for a television audience. And I want to see it go full blown, dark, violent, gory, graphic. Yeah, and that's, like, give, that's what... give me the give me the comic books live action, like the legit comic books. Don't oh, yeah. censor this stuff. Yeah, and that's that's what
1: actually turned me off of the second season is because, like, I thought the first season like it did a good job of like going dark but the second season i found it it went like way later than it should have been and it was like to me it was like different tones like completely almost um and i just like you i just want them to fully commit to that the old school comics right
2: yeah you know
1: because like the old school batman comics like he's not a nice person
2: no they're violent
1: they're they're gruesome But like you're probably eating your meals out of a straw, you know, if you meet them.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah,
1: um, yeah. I I'm surprised I, I, it took this long for them to kind of consolidate all these different fucking streaming things they had. Um, but
2: well, it's this. It's like they have this weird mentality that it's like the more streaming services we have. The more revenue we can bring in but instead they just fracture their audience because it's like i'm not going to pay 10 bucks for your four different streaming services but i'll pay 20 dollars for one
1: yeah and the the dc one was weirder anyway because like it, it wasn't just a dc like tv show movie streaming service like it also included like you got all the monthly comic books for free like in that subscription too, so like it was that it was like this weird thing where they just tried to take the whole DC brand and give it a monthly subscription, mm-hmm. and now it seems like they're gonna rework that for just comics, and then all the live action and all the TV shows are just going to HBO Max. So,
2: and good. I'm I'm hoping it's a yeah. good home for them. I'm hoping it's a yeah. good fit. I'm hoping maybe they get. A little bit uh, of a bigger budget, so I don't have to see the incredibly terrible CGI of the Jade fucking Tiger ever again.
1: Yes, yes, and it it makes total sense because I think it was a few weeks ago we were talking about how like they're doing that, like that Gotham show they're kind of doing one of those, but on HBO Max. So, like I yeah. feel like this has been this was decided a long time ago, and they just announced it now because there's like the big DC convention going on. I think right now or next weekend or something like that where they're announcing a bunch of shit and so there will be a big dump on like the snyder cut and shit like
2: that and all the other movies that are coming out so yeah drive that subscriber company that subscriber count up and i think they would maybe be wise too because i mean some of these shows that are going to be part of hbo and are going to be on their streaming service i i still think there's a place for them to air on television i just don't think Fox and the CW and ABC is the place to do it. So make another channel like you have HBO East and West. Make another HBO channel that's kind of like HBO light, where it's like, here's yeah. all of our stuff that still is a little dark and a little gritty, but it's not the same intensity as normal yeah. HBO
1: yeah, exactly.
2: Um and just have a third fucking TV channel, yeah,
1: you know, but are they going to start up a third TV channel in the age you know where people are cutting cords? Probably not.
2: Eh, probably not no but but i, I just I, think I, it I, would be wi- i get what you're saying though yeah i just i think it would be weird where it's like you know like you turn you tune to hbo like hbo live right because again granted yeah. if you have hbo you can watch their channels live yeah, that is but weird. i mean can you imagine where it's like sunday it's like okay coming up next game of thrones followed by the season finale of Silicon Valley. and then, after that, the season premiere of Superwoman, yeah, like yeah. that would be weird,
1: yeah, that would be it would be uh yeah, totally it 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 doesn't fit with
2: no. And I don't think it would be that much for them to like have a third HBO show where, like, because you can still watch them live through HBO or you can watch them on cable because a lot of people get them in cable packages and don't want the subscription yeah. service. And I think that would be better where it's like, okay, on you know Saturdays, I can and granted these are all shows that are done now, I know, but like granted, like Sunday, it's like, okay, I can watch the new Game of Thrones, the new Silicon Valley, and then on HBO light, I can watch you know yeah. the new fucking Titans and the new Supergirl and the new Doom Patrol, yeah. yeah, for sure, yeah, i I
1: think that would make sense. I think it's just gonna be a matter. i like i I bet they should just. Lives on that streaming service, and I bet you they just keep doing deals with, like, a CW or something. I yeah, know, that's
2: but what it, I think that's, what that's my problem, though. You put it on the CW, and they got to make it 2PG, right. and then it no. becomes trashy. I know.
0: Yeah, I know. Oh, well.
1: Yeah.
2: That's all I got for uh, this week's news, unless you got anything else you want to add.
1: No, nothing else came up on my end.
2: Perfect, then let's get right into fucking Ray Donovan.
1: Yeah, so I finished it. I see that. Um, Yeah, that last season was pretty good, too. Um, I thought there was a lot of good stuff in there. Especially going back, you know, like I think we talked about it last week, um, kind of going into Ray's past,
2: you know, as a kid and stuff. I thought mm-hmm. that shit was really good. Yeah, super good. But that's not what I'm here for. Yeah, I want your fine. final thoughts on that final fucking episode. Okay, so I've got two views on that final
1: episode. It's totally um, they're total fucks for like leaving it on those cliffhangers, and I get that because it was there's there was clearly supposed to be another season with resolving Ray and Mick shit. Like, I bet you that was what the next season was going to be because um, there's really
2: nowhere to go other than that. Can I interject for one second? I bet dollars to fucking donuts. Like, I'll bet any amount of money. If there was, if they got their final season, which there should have been, I don't know, and I would imagine it would happen towards the end, but I'm so positive that the resolution between Ray and Mick was going to be Ray finally fucking Cap and Mick.
1: Yeah. 100%. you're right on that, and I think that's—I i bet that was going to be what the final season was. Was the focus of it was going to be on Rain Mick and just tying up all that shit. Um. So yeah, like I, those cliffhangers were fucking ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, and this is going to be a totally unpopular opinion, I finished that episode and I went,
2: I can't—I'm kind of all right with that too. No. That's yeah. a terrible thing to say. That's not just an unpopular opinion. That's the wrong opinion, and I'm gonna have to ask you to take it back because that's a crock of shit. So, <laughs> spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't fucking watched the end of Ray Donovan. But when that fucking when Bridget's goddamn husband I, just I know, I know. left I know. bleeding in the street, and you're gonna say that that's you're content with the end of that? Like, get the fuck out of here. So let me explain.
1: Like, I'm totally not saying that that's how I think it should be, but like. Once I thought about it after, I was like, okay, they they resolved enough that I think that it would be fine. Um, but at the same time, that's totally not what I want. Um, but like, I remember after I watched it, I was like, because they kind of did leave things where it was, and so this is me trying to like explain it really terribly. But so Mick Mick just up and leaves with with all that money, right? Like, totally abandons everyone. Yeah. Just like a Mick move. Typical so I was like, Mick. Okay. Yeah, typical Mick. So it's like honestly the way like like if you're talking and this is this is not how that show was meant to end and nor planned to end. So I don't think that this this totally works. It was just kind of the way I was thinking about it. Um like that would be a fine way to end his storyline because it's just true to form Mick, right? Um the shit with um the brother with Parkinson's seemed like he was, like, they left that where you kind of didn't know what he was going to do. But he was maybe trying to kind of find his peace with the shit he's been dealing with. And then it's just Ray burying a body in the the forest, doing what Ray Donovan does. So, like, in that sense, I was like, okay, like, it ended in that's what those characters were doing. Totally just fit with what those characters would do. Um, But I totally don't want that show to end that way.
2: Okay, well I'll give you this in the sense that yes, that is a good and ending in the sense that the characters are you know doing what we know and expect yeah. and yeah. appreciate and watch these characters for, but only in the sense that because we at that point assumed that we were going to get full closure. That was a great way to end the season.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. It was a
2: perfect season ending. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't dispute that at all. But that was a terrible series ending because oh, yeah. I want to know Bridget's reaction when she finds out that, you know, what happened to her fucking fiance after they finally reconciled all of that bullshit. I want to know how, if she blames Ray or if she blames fucking Mick, how yeah. that fractures that relationship. I want to see Ray finally just put Mick down. Cause I feel like that's what all of this was eventually yeah. leading to. Anyway, oh, yeah. I'm still super curious about Bunchy and like yeah. all of his shit like what is going on with Bunchy like he works for Ray but he still needs to figure out his own shit he's struggling to be a single dad where the fuck is the ex girlfriend right like she's non-existent at this point yeah and maybe that's i guess maybe what i'm trying to say is
1: like that that was a great season like when i watched that i kind of forgot that the show it like is never coming back <laughs> cuz it was like oh that it's like you said almost like that.
2: it's actually like it was a really good season finale. Um, yeah. And like, I want, and same thing. I want to know what happens to Terry. Like, does yeah. he find peace? Yeah. Does he take his own life kind of in yeah. the same vein as, uh, as the Ray's theory? wife? Yeah. Right. And does that truly fucking fuck up Ray and cause him to go into a spiral? I get that Lena said she couldn't stay there and went back to LA. So I'm curious, like, does she, would she have had any other role in any other capacity? Would she have come back even in the slightest? I know she got her, like, pseudo revenge but like i'm still curious about her fucking character it kind of really bothers me that connor they just played him out of the fucking season he's a non-existent entity at all whereas bridget became more prominent i totally earlier on in the season expected connor to come up in the same vein and become like ray donovan jr
1: yeah i was thinking too because they kind of played that way because he he went to the military for a little bit and then i was totally expecting him to come back and just you know yeah, yeah take a, over
2: the family business yeah be a ray donovan and get in get into the shit um, yeah and and daryl too like i'm super super curious because like he finally got to his breaking point where he was like yeah you know it like in this last season or so here he really started to turn against his brothers because yeah. of mick where he's like, no, Mick is good and you guys are fucking him over. And then he started to see the light and he was kind of like, oh, I get why you guys all think Mick is a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, I see it too. So yeah. it felt like there was some, rec- like, some, you know, reconnecting and, and whatnot and getting back together as a family where, like, everyone was eventually going to rally against Mick. And he was there, right? Like, he saw Bridget's fiance fucking get ganked and, like, they all just kind of left him there. It's so, like all these little fractures and, like, oh, yeah. The afterwards drama it kills me not seeing the aftermath of this because i so yeah. desperately want to know how this affects the family as a whole
1: oh yeah for sure and and i agree with that um like i i, I yeah and i, I maybe i should have rephrased it because i actually think like i think it's a really good season finale but yeah as a as a series finale not so much um because yeah I, I especially like once i finished it i was like i bet that that whole last season would have focused on the Ray and Mick stuff and the family mm-hmm. stuff. And that, that to me would have been a really good season. Um, especially with how, uh, you know, season six and seven got really good again. Um, yep. You know, got, got back to the original Ray Dawn of Goodness.
2: Yeah, it felt like it was finally like everything was coming full circle for me where it was like, okay, this is an amazing show. It's going downhill. Uh, It's not that good anymore. Oh, it's climbing. It's climbing. Back to good old Ray. This is why I fell in love with the show. I'm super into it. Everything was coming full circle and then just fucking gone. It's over. Yeah. And I got no closure. I got no answers. And I have even more questions than I had at any point in any previous season. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Um, and now I'm just looking up. I'm like, has there been any news on um, if they're doing any more?
2: No, I know. Well, Showtime or Cinemax or whoever the actual network is, they they, it's fucking it's gone. No,
1: uh, Liv Shredder's like he looks like in a few articles. He's he said that maybe after the fan outcry, it might come back in some form somewhere. Whether that's at
2: Showtime, I don't know. Somebody somewhere anyone Netflix Wait. HBO Amazon someone just pick it up for one fucking season so they can wrap this up please i am begging you yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: i i got to think it's it's we're going to see see the end of it somewhere at some point i don't know when
2: um and i i, just, I have my i have my doubts and honestly like I, like i t- part of me almost wishes that i didn't say anything or like because like for me like i got that ending and was like blown away and was like oh god i can't wait till the next season and it was like a couple months after the fact you i found it? out that it was canceled and never coming back and it crushed me and i feel like it gives you for you in particular you have like a Different emotional response to it because before you caught up and finally finished it, you knew going in that this was going to be the end. You know that this was the final season, right? So, like, yeah, and I think it it was heartbreaking. Oh yeah, and like I probably would have would have had a
1: totally different reaction if I didn't know, but it. I think it was like that. That's kind of why I wasn't as upset is because like I remember like finishing it and being like, oh shit, like right they're totally not making another season. So then I'm like trying to think to myself, I'm like, okay, how can I justify that being the end of it?
2: <laughs> I can't, I, I can't right. justify it. There's to me, there's no way to justify it. That was, yeah. and I don't blame anyone from the show. Cause it's not uh, their uh, fault. I, I strictly blame the fucking network, yeah. especially yeah. given that from the get go, yeah. they had a timeline. Like everything I've read is they were like, we don't know exactly how many seasons, but this is roughly you know, where we want the beginning of the series, the middle of the series, and ultimately this is where we want to end. And they went into season seven going, okay, we're going to do mm-hmm. season seven, we're going to do season eight, but season eight is going to be the last one that we tie everything off in. So the network knew while season seven was being filmed and produced and all that stuff that the series, the cast, that everyone was expecting and was writing and doing this with the intent of one final season to wrap everything up so to yeah. me that's the ultimate dick move of a network oh, where it's yeah, like just sure. give them the last fucking season
1: yeah for sure and like um in this article i'm reading like it uh the showrunner um said that like he was prepared to wrap it up with the last season and that's why that's why he wrote those really greasy cliffhangers is like because he was prepared for the next season to be the last yeah um we so ended it that way thinking that the, the next season was going to be the end. And yeah. And it's, you got to wonder how much disconnect is with, you know, the creative people and, and, you know, the executives at Showtime, time, you know, for this to be the case. Right. Yeah.
2: I don't know. And like, if it's a money thing, like I would bet anything that the majority of that cast would all be willing to like take a reduced pay to finish oh, the yeah. fucking story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah um
1: because and maybe that was part of it too is you know maybe it was this weird thing where they didn't have full like like there wasn't contracts um for the last season and the studio just went hey you know we don't have contracts for these people for this next season so that kind of gives us an easy out um right
2: yeah which it, i don't it's, yeah. all of it is just terrible to me
1: yeah no i agree like it's especially because watching those two seasons and it it was that old ray donovan again that i really liked um and yeah. i had a really good time with those two seasons and i where those stories were going like i i want to see a next season with ray and mick tying things up and and rolling that storyline up right because that's that's almost what that show is right that show almost at its core is, is a story about Ray and his dad. Um, Yeah,
2: absolutely. With,
1: with a bunch of the other stuff that happens, but, but at its core, that's, that's kind of what that show is. Um, yeah, it's the poisonous
2: toxic relationship between father and son.
1: Yeah. Like that's kind of at its core, what that, that show has been all along. Um, so to resolve that, like to finally resolve that, you know, yeah, yeah, I want that of course. Um, so yeah, it, it's super sex that that showtime canceled that um
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah heartbreaking and i don't know if yes. it's i don't know if i'll ever get over it yeah i mean like i was just as upset i was probably actually more upset like when californication and entourage ended but they ended on good closure notes i mean don't get yeah. me wrong i'm still mad that the ending of californication was david Duchovny getting on a fucking plane where it's like No, I don't want to be interpreting this and imagining it ends the way that fits, you know, my mind creatively. Like I, I want a flat yes or no fucking answer. This is an inception. Don't leave this up to me to put my own personal ending on it. Like fucking tell me, does he get, does Karen take him back or not? Yes or no? Yeah. You're not that kind of show. Um, No. So I, I, I digress, but this one, this one stung.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it really sucks that that it's not coming
2: back because
1: it was getting it was getting so good again. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, all I'm going to do is sit here and continue to pray every night that yeah uh, a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or something to get f- a final season, yeah. or at the very least, like I'm I'm from what I okay. read and heard, they had a bunch of the scripts written for several of the episodes. To yeah. Release those for me to at least read. Yeah, give something me something. Like that something like that you know it's
1: i gotta think it will get something but i i don't know when or who or in what form but it seems like we're not the only ones that are upset so Uh, i'm
2: I'm distraught i'm not just upset i'm distraught yeah so (laughs) anyway well, I yeah. finally got through it cuz I've been waiting for so long to hear how your take is. Yeah. I'm a little frustrated that you're trying to justify it. I don't think there's a, a valid justification yeah. for this this ending, but I mean, you do you. If that's going to help you feel better about it, then I'll let you have it. I think that's why. It's like I think that's
1: why I'm trying to do it is cuz I'm just like I cuz I knew it wasn't going to come back for anymore, so I'm like trying to make myself feel better about it.
2: <laughs> Fair enough.
1: I think that's the only reason I'm doing it. It's because I bet if you really pressed me on it, I bet you I wouldn't stand by it. It's me just trying to justify that we're not getting any more.
2: That's fair. Everyone copes copes with sadness differently. Yes.
0: So, so I watched some other stuff this week.
2: Yeah, what's this for all of mankind?
1: So it's actually an Apple TV show. Is it? Yeah. Um, And a buddy of mine told me about it. And he was like, have you ever heard of this? And I was like, no, I never have. He's like, do you know what it's about? I was like, nope. And I quickly looked up at an IMDb, and I was like, oh, Joel Kinnerman's in it. And he was like, yeah, you should just watch that show, knowing just that. And I was like, okay. And I do like
2: Joel Kinnerman. McKinnerman, Kinnerman. Yeah. McKinnerman, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. He's really good in it. Um, so I, essentially the synopsis of it is... You remember, you know, the little thing that was the space race and getting to the moon.
2: The space race. No, never heard of it.
1: Yeah. Um. So they take that and uh, and they go, what if the Russians got there first? And that's the okay. story. OK, so, so
2: kind of like a man in high castle where it's like, what if the Nazis won?
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm not far into it. I'm only two episodes in um but essentially the first episode is like um they open it up really brilliantly because it's like joel Kinnerman and everyone it's the whole nation watching the tv as you see a space shuttle going to the moon and so you're watching it and you're like yeah okay so they're it's going to be about uh how when america landed on the moon um and they do it and they're playing it and everyone's watching this news broadcast and you see the You see the shuttle land on the moon, and then uh, you see the guy walk out, and then just a Russian flag is planted into the moon. And you're like, oh, okay, so that's where this is going. And it's super interesting because it's kind of playing on that and how, um, like, why um, the States didn't get there first. And then it seems like they're playing into um, going down either... Now, the where I'm at now, the Americans are trying to put a military base on the moon, um, because that's what the Russians want to do, because they got there first. So now, they're going into this whole new storyline, where it's like, okay, so what if not only did the Russians land on the moon first, but what if the Americans' answer to that was, we're going to put a military base on the moon? And that okay. seems... Quite it's either going to go that way, or it's and that kind of seems like where it's gonna go um because yeah like the the russians get there first and then like the americans are like ready to cancel the space program and then they hear that the russians are like looking at putting a military base on the moon and they're like okay well we can't let that happen um you know because that wouldn't be good mm-hmm. And so it kind of seems like that's where it's going to go. And like I said, I'm only two episodes in, and I think it's like ten episodes, so I'm not super far into it to know exactly where they're going to go with the storyline. But, but it's a solid show. It
2: is, uh, is, are these like thirty-minute episodes or hour-long?
1: Hour-long, and like because it's a streaming thing, like full hour. Um, and yeah, like Joel Kinnaman, um, I really like him. He he's great as always um it's very like decently shot like decent budget and everything like it's it's really good um it's totally solid so far yeah 10 episodes i'm just looking at it and uh yeah it's good
2: interesting
1: i'm curious to know where it goes
2: i mean that's definitely an interesting take so yeah it has my curiosity because i really like that like you know what if alternate universe yeah. kind of stuff right like i i haven't finished it but i i, I was really into uh, man in high castle for quite some time so this definitely sounds like it would be yeah up my alley yeah
1: and i'm i'm really digging it so far like i don't i don't think it's uh like like amazing kind of like i don't think you know the man in the high castle was this it was an amazing show but i thought it was interesting and like it was a good enough watch right mm-hmm I think this is kind of in the same veins where it's like, Oh, this TV show isn't like blowing me out of the water, but I'm totally enjoying my time with it. And I totally want to know what comes next. Right. Yeah, Um, for sure. Got that going for it. Um, I really like Joel Kinnerman. I'm trying to, there's a bunch of other people in it that like, you'll recognize when you see them, but I bet you can't name their names. (laughs) Oh yes. Yes. But it's got like a bunch of those people, um, where you're just like, oh, I've seen that person. Oh, I've seen that person. Like, oh, I've seen that person. Like, there's a bunch of those people where it's like, oh, I've never seen those people and stuff. Um. So yeah, it's it's solid. I would uh, I would recommend it. It's pretty good. It looks like there's a season two. I don't know when it's coming out, but looks like there's going to be a season two at some point. But yeah, it's good. It's a cool alternate history thing. And I think they do it very well.
3: Interesting.
1: And yeah.
2: Maybe I'll go add that to my list.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it seems like the story is kind of going to be the Americans and the Russians making a military (laughs) moon base. And I wonder if there's going to be a war on the moon. Like, I wonder if that's where the show goes. Because if so, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that would be pretty interesting. So. So yeah. That's that's about all I got to say on that show. I'll probably have have more to say as the weeks come and I uh, finish it. But super sold so far. I would definitely definitely recommend checking it out. Who knows where it'll go? Like I said, I'm only two episodes in. It can end up being not good, but I'm having a pretty good time with it right now. So,
2: all right then. For all of mankind. Yeah. So I'll add that to my TV show to watch list.
1: So did you finish the second season of
2: Umbrella Academy? I did. Okay. I just and, finished it the other day. I liked awesome. it. I, I mean, we we um, we feel differently about mm-hmm. that show. I I'm a big big fan of it. So, uh, yeah. So, it, it it ended. I I liked the way it ended. I was I was super into it. And so I'll I, ask. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I'll
1: ask this. So so when I watched when I finished the first season, I was like, okay, that was decent enough. Um, but not as hot as you were. And then I checked out what the second season was, and it seemed like they were just going to do the same thing as they did with the first season, which is like, oh, we got to stop the end of the world again. Is that what that second season is, or is there more to it?
2: Um, It's very much in line with that. There definitely was more to it, and I feel like it's finally... I shouldn't say finally, because I, I haven't... I never read the fucking comic books. But the comic books, to be fair, are new, right? Yeah. Like there, it's not like an old graphic novel. It's a fairly new graphic novel series that was actually—I don't remember if he wrote for it or like—but like Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance, like yeah. it's his comic series. Okay, so I didn't. yeah, so like I—I I never read them or whatnot. So I mean, I can't say finally, but I mean, it definitely is very much of a like oh, save for the end of the world, but it—it it definitely goes into like it ties a lot of stuff and a lot of questions from the first season, like brings uh, them back where you're like, oh, okay. I see where this is kind of linked up and this makes sense. But now instead of like, so like the way the, cause you finished the first season, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So like at the end of the first season, they all like teleport out of there right before the end of the world, but they don't actually stop the end of the world at the end of the first season. Yep. No. So this one's very kind of akin where it's like, the, throughout the whole season, they're like, oh, we have to again, like the apocalypse followed us, and we have to try and prevent it again. But then you get towards the end, and it's like, okay, so it is kind of about preventing the apocalypse, but it's also very more so about like them getting back together as a family and realizing, like, because uh, you know okay. over the years when they were you know, when they were younger, they were a superhero family essentially, and did good. And then they all kind of like went different ways and weren't really doing good in the world. And now they've kind of like come full circle and realized like, oh as a family we do do good and we should do good but it also like it kind of introduced like a new bad guy and you got some more info and background and closure and understanding of like what the commission is what they do how it works what their involvement is and it kind of opens up new plot lines and new storylines that are that are obviously going to take place in season three where you're like oh like i really want to see what happens here and where this goes and like, Oh, now I understand why this character is in this season and what their role is. And then you get to the end and you find out even more about that character and you're like, Oh no way. And like, there's just a lot of like more revelation, I guess, where you learn a lot more about like that whole universe. Like the first one was very much, it was just about those seven people and them trying to fucking prevent the apocalypse. And this season, it definitely leans heavy Like that seems to be the goal throughout the whole season. Like, oh, we have the apocalypse followed us, we have to stop it. But it to me, anyway, it was a lot more than that. It was a lot more like delving into them, reuniting them, and then like introducing new characters, new nemesises, explaining the backstory of a lot of stuff that you kinda had questions on before as to why things were happening and what these different characters and new characters, what their involvement was and what their involvement may be going forward. So definitely like brought a lot of things full circle for me and then again you get to the end and you watch the last scene and you're like oh shit oh yeah because it hmm. doesn't end like you would we're like you think like, okay we saved the world oh here's like a new fucking enemy or you would assume based on the first one if you think it's all about preventing the apocalypse that they would prevent the apocalypse go back to their timeline but then there's another apocalypse there right like to me that would feel cheap and i would be a little angry but the way yeah. the season ends, I was like, oh, this is fucking interesting Okay, because it like introduces like, I don't know, like a whole nother fucking multi. It's, it's like a multiverse. It's like, oh, shit, they're like in another universe or in another dimension. And here's this whole new set of fucking problems and a whole new set of questions. And it's not apocalypse based anymore. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like you kind of fleshing out
1: the second season a little more has me a little bit more interested to watch it because some of the stuff I really liked about that first season was like the commission and all of that stuff. Um, and they didn't play into it a whole lot, which is like some of the stuff I really liked about it. So if they were like going more into that stuff in the second season, I'm like a little more inclined to check it out now.
2: Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It was definitely interesting to see how the commission worked and like who's behind what and why. Well, I mean, you, you get an explanation as to why they do, um yeah. what they do in the first season and they kind of talk about it a little bit in the second season but you definitely get to know more about what's going on and it definitely centers more around I can't remember her name she was like the, one of the heads of the commission calling all the shots in the first season and they eventually shoot her in the head right, yeah yeah she's definitely back and she's a more prominent role and like you see a lot more interesting stuff happen and again like the introduction of new characters like cuz the first season was very much you know, the main seven, like, the it was the Umbrella Academy, and then you had Mary J. Blige, and I can't remember the other guy's name, yeah. from Mindhunters. They're characters. Right? But now, in this new season, you have even more characters, and they're not just, like, little characters that are kind of, like, playing around in this universe. Like, they're definitely more involved, and they have a much bigger role than you would think in the, right. sec- the season. As well as, like, when you get to the end, you're like, oh, yeah, these people are all... They're obviously, these other characters are going to be coming back. They're, like, they're obviously pretty prominent to the story.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and... Yeah, like, I'm... I Like, before you kind of talking about how you finished the second season, like, before, like... And I think I explained this on another episode, was, like, I'll get around to watching that second season eventually at some point. Um, but, like, I wasn't in a rush. But, like, now... Kind of how you're explaining where it goes. Like I'm actually kind of more interested to check it out because my big fear was it was just going to do the same thing it did in the first season. Um, and that's cause totally that. Because that was the feeling I got when I when I checked out a few minutes of the second season. Yeah. but seeing that... that it's maybe way more uh, like not that case. And maybe that's just kind of how it starts. Yeah, um, and I'm it totally... it is
2: prominent. Like it is still like the bulk like the main storyline of the second season is once again you know preventing the apocalypse but as the as the season progresses you kind of learn that like even though like yeah that's the main goal that they're working towards it's actually not quite the main storyline oh, okay. like the side storylines towards the end start becoming the main storylines if that makes sense like the narrative shifts throughout the season as to where the focus is going to be placed
1: yeah no and
2: that it, it, and it gives backdrop to me, which I was super curious about, like more backdrop to words like the actual Umbrella Academy. Because like you, you watch the first season and you're like, okay, you know, they were all adopted on this day from their parents, you know, on, they were all born on the same day with special powers, but you never really know, like, how did he know that they were all had special powers and this and that. And you kind of learn like, oh, I see what's going on. And it turns out it's a little bit more than just the father of everyone trying to make right. like, super kids and or not make super kids, but like, train these super children. You kind of learn like there's actually um a darker side of that that doesn't involve him. And then, like, throughout the second season because they're back in time, they kind of like it's spoiler alert, but not really. Like they kind of like realize their dad is kind of there and they try to, like talk to him. Oh and there's like, and there's like a line where they meet him where the dad's like, no, this is impossible. Like there's no way that, you guys are my children because I fucking hate kids and I would never have kids and I don't want kids, which is something uh, that they've, they've said in the first season, right? Oh, there's several times throughout the first season where all of them were like, you know, dad hates us. Dad never wanted kids. Like, why are we even here? Like they talk about that in the first season, how none of them really understood why their dad was their dad, because they all felt like their dad didn't want kids. Right. Yes. And then you kind of learn, why he didn't want kids and how he ended up oh. well not how but it definitely hints as towards how it ended up happening where he does end up having kids. Right. But okay. again then it starts doing like fucking dimension jumps so like it'll if you watch the second season it'll all come full circle and it'll make sense as to like where they came from where they are now where they're going and how it all ties in together but i won't say anything more without because otherwise i'd have to give away some like decent sized spoilers but
1: no that that makes me a little more inclined to check with that second season um Mm -hmm. and i i feel exactly what you're saying yeah because yeah because i got that
2: feeling watching it too i'm like okay another let's prevent the apocalypse but like I said, I think that's what made the second season to me more interesting, more intriguing. And personally, I feel like maybe even slightly better than the first season was because you have like you go through a lot of the season where you're like, this is the narrative. This is what's happening. Yeah. And then by the time you get to the end, you're like, oh, this season, it's not actually about stopping the apocalypse. It It's sh- like the whole focus shifts. Yeah. And I'm I'm way more interested in that than I am what that base
1: first season story was. Um, so this actually makes me way more interested in checking the second season out. Like I'll probably bump it up on the list because now like you explaining where they're kind of going with that second season makes me like kind of really fucking interested. Um,
2: more and there's, those, there's, but. there's so much more to it. Like I wish I could say more, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin anything, but it, it turned out nowhere. I did. Didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to turn out. That's really, I'll say that be happy because
1: that that was one of the things I didn't like about the first season is like if if you're looking close enough by the second or third episode you kind of know where that whole show is going um, yeah so yeah that, that makes me happy and I'm probably going to bump yeah. that up on the list um, knowing that now because um, if you wouldn't have said that before I probably would have just been like I'll get to that second season whenever I get to it um, and who knows when that would have been but now I actually kind of want to check it out uh yeah for so sure In the coming weeks i'll have something to say about that
3: mm-hmm.
1: so. and then the other
2: one that i uh i've just recently caught up on which i haven't talked about in the past because and i'll be i'll full disclaimer it's not an amazing profound fucking show i don't even but know it's what just, the fuck they- tacoma fd stars two of the main guys from super troopers and it was it's like written and directed by like that oh. broken lizard group and so it's Farva and I, I think the guy, not Rabbit, um, yeah, Mac, right the guy who played yeah. Mac. It's they're the two main characters from that Broken Lizard group, and they're firefighters in Tacoma. Oh shit! And it's it's not like I said, it's not anything like truly profound or amazing, but it's funny. It's just like it's just like a good mind numbing comedy. I don't know if I would put it as high on the list as like Community or Parks and Recs or or maybe not even the office, right. but as far as like just good, fun, well-rounded comedies that like, you know, if you're going to be surfing the internet and you want like, you know, a comedy kind of yeah, going yeah. on, like it's, it's definitely one of those. And it's been something that like, I have a habit before I go to sleep every night, I play like, there's a couple games on my phone in specific. I play for like 20 minutes before I go to bed. And I typically throw on a couple episodes of Tacoma FD. And it's, yeah. it's just like one of those like fun, funny yeah. shows that kind of came out of nowhere i remember being excited for it when i heard it was going to be a show a couple years back and then yeah. i think it landed on i can't remember who the first network was but then it got moved to true tv which i've never even heard of that network but yeah. it's fun it's funny yeah. and it's and like obviously on true tv obviously is like akin to um a no restrictions kind of network because the first season yeah. like although funny there wasn't there was like some cussing and stuff like that, but it's a little, it's definitely more prominent in the second season where it's like, clearly they're like, okay, do what you want. You know, you have free reign and yeah, do what those guys do. Right. Yeah. So it's funny. I quite enjoyed it. Just thought I would throw it out there into the universe. It's a good, it's a good background show. And it's honestly a good show to watch. Like I said, I wouldn't put it near the top of any of like the greatest comedies of all time, but it's a fun show and I quite enjoy it. And I, fully intend on continuing to watch that series until they inevitably cancel it yeah probably because everything gets canceled now yeah um
1: but yeah it's it i had never heard of that before but it totally seems like hey do you like do you like these guys comedy style here's a tv show they did and if you if you like the stuff they've done you'll probably like that show is what i'm guessing so mm-hmm. yeah i i liked a handful of those movies that they've done so enjoy. i
2: haven't seen them in years so i don't know how well it how well they've aged but yeah i i still think super troopers is a classic that yeah. even to this day i find it hilarious
1: yeah i like i i would i would probably stand by that but it's also been a very long time since i've watched that movie um fair enough yeah that, that's i didn't know they made a tv show now i kind of want to check it out at some point because <laughs> yeah
3: the yeah. second yeah.
2: season i think is better than the first and it's it's oh. definitely one of those comedies where like the first couple episodes they're trying to like they're kind of throwing a few things at the wall to see what sticks like they're trying to get their footing so i mean like if you're if you're gonna give it a go like get a little ways in to the first season when they like they finally kind of like hit their stride and and have a feel for what works and what doesn't but yeah Yeah, totally
1: fun usually find that's the case with comedy series it's like they can be really hard to judge you know in like the first half of the first season or something yeah because takes a little bit especially for comedies for them to find their footing right
2: yeah absolutely just like the office like it's really hard to go back and watch like the first few episodes because to me they're not that amazing given how the rest of the series is but you can't for someone who's never seen the office like if you just watch those first two or three episodes you might be like no this isn't for me i don't understand why but you give it some time and you're like okay i get it yeah they found their footing and yeah
1: so so you did you actually fucking watch something on Quibi?
2: Yeah, I got a fourteen-day trial. I think I've got okay. 10, 10 or eleven days left. Okay. Turns Verdic- out, turns out I'm on board. Oh, really? I I'm into it. This whole ten-minute bite-sized shit—it fucking works. Huh.
1: It so works what did you watch? well.
2: Okay, so What'd- so far I've watched all the episodes of Punked. Okay. Cause I mean, that was just a flashback to, you know, when I was younger, um, Adam, Adam divine of workaholics fame. He's got a series called like bad ideas with Adam divine, where he brings like some of his celebrity friends on and they just like each episodes concentrated on something different. Like the one episode, I can't remember the comedian's name, but he was the, the second main character in the Chris D'Elia comedy undateable and they go to a like plain graveyard to fucking pull because i guess it's like in the desert and i guess some of these planes they go to like recycle but they have to like send guys through because they get infested with fucking snakes including like oh. rattler snakes and shit so like in the first episode him and this comedy guy that i keep forgetting his name they go in and they go in with a bunch of buckets and like those long pinchy arm things and they try to wrangle snakes and stuff. That sounds pretty good. And it was actually really funny. And then I watched the whole, I don't know if you'd call them seasons or what, but like the whole, so like I watched all the punked, all of the bad ideas with Adam divine. I watched all of uh, the Reno nine one one reboot that they did on there. I shouldn't say reboot. Yeah. Cause it's not a reboot. They got everyone back from Reno nine one one, including some like new care, like the guy who plays um, Boyles in Brooklyn nine nine. Oh, shit. Okay. He's, he's part of Reno nine one one now.
1: I really like that guy
2: yeah so do i so like i watched all of those and they were fucking absolutely hilarious and what else did i watch there's another one on there travis pastrana at the nitro circus it's called like um big toys or toys for adults where like every episode they take like a childhood toy and recreate it on a massive scale oh so like do you remember like the one that i thought was really 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 good out of those ones was do you remember like the I think they called them like stick and catch so it was a, it was a tennis ball and then you got each each of you got a paddle that was velcro so you threw the ball and yeah. it stuck to the velcro pad yep. oh, yeah One of those. Yep. Yeah. yeah so they make a life-size version of that this big fucking like air-filled thing in the middle of the lake and then they make a velcro suit for themselves and they use a catapult like a hydraulic oh. catapult to like throw themselves to try and stick onto this target so st- stuff like that. So I watched all of those. And so far, all of those have been fantastic. I haven't got into it yet, but like The Fugitive is next on my list. Okay, and I am going to ask the one I'm kind of the most curious about, to be honest. I, I haven't watched that one yet, but it's uh, it's on my list. And there was, a- there was another one on there that I started watching, but I can't remember what it was. I'm just going to pull up the app real quick. But nonetheless, I thought, oh, the stra- The Stranger is the other one that I... That I want to watch. So, I, oh, life-size toys, Reno nine one one, bad ideas with Adam Devine, Punked, uh, the fugitives on my list. I started watching the first like two minutes of it, but uh, was in bed and was kind of tired, so I went to oh, sleep. Fair enough. And <laughs> then I'm gonna watch the uh... oh, and I watched the first episode of Kevin Hart's Die Hard. Okay, so it it, it turns out it works like uh, I, if they just would have done better with their advertising and like had yeah. more people known about it. I think this would have taken off way bigger than it has. And honestly, at this point I'm rooting for him. I hope it gets bigger. Cause so far from what I've seen, it's fantastic. It's like, if we're going to go somewhere and like, you know, Lindsay needs like another 10 minutes or something to get ready or go to the bathroom or whatever, I could just uh, watch an episode of punked. That's right. Like, yeah, you you don't need that 20, 30, 40, 50 minute commitment for a show. It's like, oh, I've got 10 minutes to kill, and you can just burn off an episode real fast.
1: Yeah, uh, that's uh, I'm kind of like that makes like you saying that like a bunch of the shit is really good like reinforces that. Like, it's kind of insane how bad they fucked. Like the marketing for this up because I remember when we first talked about it and like we went down to what they had and the people involved, and it was like, man, two diehard movie people that religiously keep up with you know the news and the ongoings have never fucking heard of this thing before. Yeah, like fuck. And then, um, like just them dropping the ball on that. Like, if we haven't heard about it, no, like the general population probably hasn't heard about it probably Um, not no
2: or and and maybe it was a a continental thing or not a continental thing but like a region thing right like maybe it was more advertised in the states and just we didn't hear shit about it up here and also to be fair neither of us really watch cable television like with commercials and shit so i mean that definitely kind of but nonetheless we both have like we follow uh subreddits and and and, like various blogs and news feeds and stuff so like yeah still surprising nonetheless that neither of us had heard of it And then, like,
1: you kind of like checking it out and being like, yo, this stuff actually totally works and is totally good. Like, kind of like, it's kind of fucking spectacular that, like, they've got this great thing, but they just can't seem to get it off the ground
2: because they, for whatever reason, they can't fucking market it. And that's the thing. If they can't keep up with the content, then this thing's going to tank real fast because the majority of these shows that I've seen, like Punked and Adam Devine show and stuff, like, We're talking six to eight episodes. A couple of the different series are 10 episodes, but I've never seen any of these like individual episodes go over 10 minutes. Most of them are between eight and 10 minutes. So, I mean, like you could literally sit down and watch the entire season of Punked within an hour, the entire season of Adam divine show within an hour, all of the nitro circus within an hour. So like I still, like I said, I have 10 or 11 days left in this trial. I'm going to get Anna Kendrick show completed. I'm going to get the fugitive completed. I'm going to get the stranger completed. So like by the time my trial's up, everything on that platform that even that looks even remotely interested to me, I'm going to have digested all of it. And then I can cancel before I actually get charged for the service. And I wonder if that's,
1: that's the bigger issue with that whole thing is like, yeah it's a it's a good idea and what they have right now is really good but like if there's nothing else on it then what do you do with that right like you need a catalog even if it's a and
2: you can't even have a back
1: catalog because that's not that doesn't work with the whole 10 minutes
2: thing right right well i mean you could kind of have a back catalog in the sense that like if you're new to the platform and there's a new season of punked out you could go back and watch season one and then watch season two right like it would kind of work but it's all about content if they don't keep up and keep putting out content on this on this platform then it's going to tank real fast because at the end of the day you have to sit there and go because i think when this trial ends i think it's like 14 dollars a month which is a little on the fucking steep side given given what it what they have that being said, they do have, like, as it sits, there's quite a fucking there. Like, when I start scrolling through stuff, there's a lot more stuff on there than I thought there was. And there's a lot more on there that's not, like, listed on the front page of their website. So there is surprisingly a decent amount of content. But I feel like most people are going to go to this service and they're going to watch the ones that interest the most, the stuff that gets recommended. Because it's like Netflix. Like, after you watch a couple, it's like, here's something you might like, and here's something you might like. So, so if that's if that well starts to run dry, then it's definitely not worth $14 a month. Why are you paying for it if there's nothing on there to watch?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, So do you know, have, like, is there like, do they have any like coming soon section
2: or anything like that? Like, do they have more stuff coming? Yes. Like, like for example, like with punked, which I finished like a couple days ago, I believe it was, it says like, once you get past all those episodes at the very end, it says like more coming soon.
1: Okay, so they actually have intentions of like giving a few like a second season i guess right
2: yes like adam divine oh. it's like set season two coming soon and like same with punked and same with reno 911 like all of them are like ah, more coming soon and i think one of them i would have to go back and check all of the shows that i've watched to see but I, I do recall one or two of them saying like new season coming this fall or something like that so there are there is new content coming but like like i said like you have to keep if they don't keep pumping it out, then I don't know if it would be worth it. And my other gripe with it is just like I uh, had initially thought you can't get um, like you can get it on iOS and Android for your phone, but like that's the extent of it. Like I have um, an Nvidia yeah. Shield TV, which is an Android box. So it exactly. runs Android, but there's no QB app. Huh. Can, you, so, can you broadcast? cast? Yes. So that's how I've been watching it in bed for the most part. Like if I'm in the bathroom, I'll just watch it on my phone. But like when I'm laying in bed, you can cast, I've been casting it to my Nvidia Shield TV. And like in the upstairs living room, I've cast it to the Chromecast. But there's no Xbox app. There's no PlayStation app. Like they really do have the intention of people digesting this on the go on their mobile phones Ah. with the ability. If you're at home, yeah, you can Chromecast it. You can cast it, but there are no bigger platform apps like you're not going to get a qb app on a samsung tv or an xbox or a playstation or anything like that and honestly if i was to check right now i don't even think that Uh, you can go to their website and watch shit no if you go on their website it tells you to download it but you can't and and see to
1: me like if they had apps on like everything i i i almost think that would help them because like think of like all just being in a situation where it's like okay i got 10 minutes before i'm going to dinner
2: throw it on the TV or like whatever you stream on. Right. And I think that's why they went with the casting solution. Cause to be fair, a lot of work goes into making an app, especially one that isn't bugged. And a ton of money goes into making like, Oh, for sure. I want to say obscure, but like, they're not technically obscure, but they're like, you know, like, like a QB app on a fucking PlayStation or an Xbox or a Samsung smart TV or an LG smart TV. That's not going to get used nearly as much as a mobile one. Yeah, for sure. So what I would have liked to have seen though is that the very like I I'm, I'm fine if you keep it mobile only with the ability yeah. to cast. That's fine. But at yeah. the I think at the very least they need to add the ability for you to log in via a like web like, web browser and watch yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cuz yeah. that would change it for me. Yeah. Cuz most of the stuff I watch is on my computer or through my computer and, yeah. and streaming services anyway. So yeah. it kind of bums me out that I can't go on their website and like sign in and watch a couple Episodes, but while I am on this website, I will correct myself. It is not fourteen dollars a month. I don't know where I got that number from. It's six ninety nine Canadian a month after the fourteen day trial. So it's it's actually not that bad. No, that's not too bad. No, that's not bad at all. But, but you know what? If you have some time, I highly recommend throwing well, the fourteen day trial on there and just binging some of this stuff. Because like I said, you can binge a whole right. season in under an hour. Yeah, I might do that. Like especially because. Uh like
1: i for some reason when we were talking about it last time for some reason i thought that like you couldn't even cast it um so being that you can cast it now i'm totally more inclined because like it's similar to you like I, I think i've got a chromecast in every room or something like that so that i can just resume
2: what i'm watching um yeah well and you have um you have a note nine yeah uh, which, which means ten. you you have the 10 yeah okay so you have decks I don't think I've ever used that. It. Well, you, uh, it's super easy. You just need to plug it in your computer and oh. like, Bluetooth a controller or a Bluetooth a mouse to it. You can plug your phone right into a monitor via like HDMI or whatever, and it turns your monitor into like basically Chrome OS. Oh. You can use all of your apps and shit. So you very easily could just plug your phone into your computer monitor and, right. and do it all there too. Right. So like what's coming I, coming soon is wireless decks. So anything that supports mirror cast, Chromecast would be wireless decks. Right, and that's which you would still be allowed to do.
1: Yeah, which is like like I'm the same way. I watch the majority of my stuff on my computer, but I just have a TV wall mounted above it that has a Chromecast. Mm. So I, I always yeah. just cast that. Um, oh, you
2: know what else though? What? You um Oh man, I totally just lost my uh train of thought oh that that windows samsung does that partnership with microsoft for windows 10 where you can open and yeah yeah, so you could download the quibi app and then you could just turn that service on and you could pin quibi to your fucking desktop
1: and run it that way yeah i've done that before so
2: what i also i should mention this too which i find super interesting is it's designed these shows are designed to be watched in portrait oh weird or not portrait landscape sorry like like you know like your typical 16 by 9 or whatever but the way they film it if you rotate your phone into portrait mode you can still watch it full screen portrait and the way they film it and the way they it changes when you go from landscape to portrait and back again you actually could could watch it in portrait like you're gonna miss some of the like some of the stuff that's happening like uh in frame Yeah. But like when a per, it's not like other things where like if you do it like in portrait mode or whatever, it could be focused on this person, but that person's not talking. It's the other person. The way they do it, it's super interesting. And like if you watch Reno 911 and swap back and forth, you'll see what I'm talking about. Whoever, like whatever's happening, like the important stuff of that episode, they okay. keep it in frame, whether you're in portrait or landscape. So like you get the whole view in landscape, but if you flip it up to portrait, it kind of zooms out a little bit and keeps the key stuff that's happening in frame.
1: And I bet you that's exactly why they did that.
2: So like it's, I, I, it was just something random and I thought it was totally interesting and really cool that they thought about it that way, that you don't have to watch it in landscape.
1: And that makes sense. Like if you're, if, if this is, if being able to watch it on your phone is the crux of that thing, it totally makes sense that they, they found a solution to that because you would, you would almost have to. Yeah. So So it's, interesting that they did it and it seems like it works all right enough right so
2: yeah so i you know like my my thoughts on it have completely changed i went from this is stupid why would anyone do this to no it turns out that this is actually a pretty decent service yeah it's actually pretty legitimate and having corrected myself there on the monthly cost like it seems I don't like know that. if this is something I would be long term it like, it would depend on the future content that if they keep pumping out good stuff but like everything I've watched so far really good like oh. I loved Reno 911 when it was on television so to like see little 10 minute bite sized episodes of Reno 911 just it made me squeal with joy and it's oh, the same yeah. cast and the same writer so it's still super fucking funny like it's it's as if Reno 911 was still on air and I and I I truly surprisingly because i did not think i was like i don't know how eight to ten minute episodes is gonna hold up nope right. totally works the way they do it 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 totally works yeah, that's interesting because like i know we've dogged on
1: quibi pretty hard in the past so it's it's interesting that like you now have some first-time
2: experience and it's actually a totally serviceable thing <laughs> for the time being I, I think it's fair to call me a, a quibi or qb convert I'm i'm into it right now
1: fair enough i'm kind of way more inclined to try this free 14-day trail just to
2: fucking check it like cast a few to my tv and check it out because yeah you, that's you know what in- even if it's not for you do the 14-day trial it's totally worth it just to see some of these series yeah and it's especially being the time commitment is like i could totally just pick one or two series that i think look interesting and two hours later they're done yeah and that's that's really what wrote me in like it's like. Yeah. Cause like I'll lay in bed and it's like, well, I'm kind of tired, but I'm not quite ready to go to sleep yet. Like I don't want to put an episode of like normal television on because you know that's a twenty to forty-five minute commitment, an hour if it's an HBO show. But it's like really? I can lay in bed, throw an episode of Reno Nine One One, and then pass out.
1: Yeah, that
0: uh, I might try that now. Huh? Quibi
1: turns out it's mm. not bad.
2: Yeah, turns out it's not a fucking trash, trash app and trash oh. trash streaming service quite huh. quite surprised huh. pleasantly surprised crazy mm-hmm.
1: fucking quibby who would have thunk it not me <laughs> it, yeah that's because we've been we've been kind of dog shitting all over this for a while now so
3: yeah
2: no. wow check yeah. it out 14 day free trial at the very least i think a 14 day trial is definitely worth a look if you don't like it that's totally fine cancel it if you burn all the content which I mean, you probably in fourteen days, if you like, put her down, you probably could watch everything that's on that platform right now,
1: easily. Yeah, easily. But
2: still, for for, yeah. for free, fourteen days just to have a peekaboo, I'd go and watch some of those shows. On like the next one on my list is The Fugitive, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah, that was the one that I I
1: really had my curiosity is like, oh shit, I like He For Sutherland, and they're like doing a fugitive thing. And, like that like when I first heard that, I was like, "Oh man, that is that is is are we gonna get something similar to Kiefer Sutherland's twenty four which I actually really fucking like that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, oh shit, is that kind of gonna be in the vein of that? And I don't know. I'll let you know when I watch it. <laughs> yeah, I might actually I might check some of that out before next week,
2: yeah, that's all I've got for what I've seen this week, though, yeah, that's about all I got too, all so right, well. I think we've made enough haste there. It's probably probably a good point to end her. I think so, too. All right. Well, then I will catch you next week.
0: Later.